up, everything? We picked the wrong week to take nine days off because everything has happened. It's too much to talk about to even explain, so let's get started and let's go blues. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Saturday, February 15th, one day after Valentine's mm. Day. Go get your candy at uh, Walgreens. It's free. Get it it's not free. You have to pay. <laughs> you you be, can't walk we, out. We don't recommend theft on this program unless you don't get caught. So, mm. you know, take it upon yourself uh, to figure out how that works. But yes. It ain't a crime if they don't see you in time. That's right. Uh, how are you feeling tonight, Ian? I'm feeling, I'm feeling revved up about this team. I'm feeling revved up. That's, they got, they got me feeling, feeling good in a bad way. Oh, ooh, interesting. Spicy. That sounds <laughs> like, that sounds like a country music song title. That's right. You got me feeling good in a bad way, which is ironic because jeans. we're coming today from the back of a moving Chevy truck <laughs> going down <laughs> I-55 past... Mm. A city that I five goes past, and that's why you hear all this wind resistance or something. <laughs> all right, so I didn't have that one. I, I almost bungled right out of the gate. <laughs> this is maybe the fullest episode we've ever had. Looking this at might it, might as well be our Thanksgiving podcast. Oh yeah, because we're so full. We're so mm, damn full. That's right. Uh, it is. Uh, you know, it's. I mean. It, let us we will talk. Should we will we... talk with. We will talk about Jay first. But like, if you remove that massive thing, which is the biggest story, mm-hmm. this would still be like a loaded podcast. Mm-hmm. So bear with us, folks. We're kind of figuring out how we're going to do this as we go. We've got one very serious topic to talk about, but it's got a a kind of happy ending. So we're still going to try and be loose, be fun, mm-hmm. be goofy, but we might as well start at the. What I would say is that certainly the biggest blues news of the last week and uh, one of the biggest hockey stories in recent memories in terms of the regular season play, and that, of course, is Jay Bomeister. Tuesday night feels like months ago mm-hmm. now when, uh, I mean, I was just sitting on my couch and they came back from commercials and everybody was gathered around the bench and... You know, J.K. and Pang weren't totally sure what was going on, but they were kind of sure they knew a player was down. And, you you know, if you were anything like me, and I think most people were, you were trying to, like, look at the numbers that you could see and, like, who's out there. Yeah, who's I was not. trying to call the, count I, the white jerseys, I for hate sure. to confess, I immediately was like, okay, where's Robert Thomas? Where's Jordan Kyrie? They're queer. Okay, that was me. I'm terrible. I do have favorite players, though. Uh, but it turned out that Jay Bomeister was down Behind the bench, as all of you know, doesn't need any explaining. He suffered what the Blues uh, termed a cardiac event. Uh, There was a a very helpful YouTube video we tweeted out uh, by a a fancy-looking young doctor who explained kind of, you know, because we don't know exactly what happened, but he kind of went through, like, here's all of the possibilities, here's what's likely to have happened, Um, and he did explain that like, this was certainly cardiac arrest when the heart 
ceases its ability to pump and squeeze blood. His heart heart basically stopped. Mm. Bomeister didn't have a pulse or a heartbeat for a period, and the doctors, paramedics, and trainers on the scene literally saved his life with CPR and a defibrillator, which is a word I am going to try and say as little as possible, even though it is very central to this story. Uh, so he was basically brought back to life. Uh, you know, it was caught so quickly that I don't think it was you know, that big of a shock to his system, if if that makes sense. Like, it obviously was, but, like, the damage of heart mm. stoppage is, like, the longer, you know, the longer yeah. you don't have blood going through your system, obviously. This was, this is probably the best place oh, yeah. for this to happen outside Absolutely. of being in a hospital. Yeah. So, um, he was taken to UC Irvine and stabilized. It was the dad's trip, so his father, Dan, I believe, joined him. Uh, and yeah, the double-edged team, sword. The, yeah. I was, it was funny, not funny, funny is not the right word, but I was thinking that night, I was like, oh god, this happened on the dad's trip, how mm-hmm. awful, and then I was like, that's probably better, He's got, it's better yeah. than like watching it on TV, you have having family no that idea can be what's right going there. on, yeah. you know, Doug Armstrong talked and was kind of choking back tears when he was talking about trying to inform uh, Javo's wife, whose name will come back to me, but... Um, you know, he's trying to keep her informed, and that's got to be tough. So it's it's a blessing that somebody was there. Uh, they they was he was stable overnight. They monitored him, everything, and the team got to visit him one time before going to Vegas. And uh, he got surgery. We found out yesterday or the day before uh, to implant what's called an implantable cardioverter defibrillator or an ICD, similar to a pacemaker, but not actually the same thing. It's a small implantable device that constantly monitors your heart rhythm to send little electric pulses to restore proper rhythm in the case of arrhythmia or uh, missed beats, that sort of thing. The procedure is an outpatient, well, I mean, not in his case, but in theory, it could be an outpatient procedure if it hadn't been, you know, created by crisis like this Mm -hmm. one was uh done with local anesthesia this is just if you're just a normal human being who's not uh an nhl hockey player uh it's six weeks after surgery people can return to most of their normal physical activities but it's severe enough that you have to tell your car insurance people and some other things that you have this so that they can you know change rates accordingly i guess and um yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not a doctor. Neither of us are going to pretend to be a doctor. Uh, but, you know, it's obviously the most important thing is that he's healthy. He's stable. He's well. He's, this thing exists that can, you know, help him live a normal life for the rest of his life. But kind of a, an insane and chaotic week mm-hmm. for him, obviously for everything else we're going to talk about. But why don't you talk about this and just your general kind of reactions to the situation? Mm. That Tuesday night was tough. Yeah, it was. It was scary. I'm sure that's the word everyone would be using is scary. Uh, at first, I thought maybe it was like a trainer or somebody mm. went down because they weren't even saying player. It was like, oh, it could have been anybody. It could have been a security person. Uh, when they said it was Bo Meester, it was. It kind of like made sense just from an age perspective, but I mean, he's also super fit and by age perspective he's old for hockey but he's not old he's pretty young for having this put in him he's 36 it's funny because i kind of had that same experience on tuesday where i was like 
I said, at first I was like, oh yeah, Jay, it would be Bo Meester, one of the older people. Mm. And then I was like, he's eight years older than me. Yeah, I know. I think of him as like the grandfather of this team, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> but yeah, like, kind of weird. He's like seven or eight years older than us. But he, it's, it was scary. It was scary. You get scared when you see other people get scared. And mm-hmm. to see like Vince Dunn and Colton Pareko and Alex Petrangelo all freak out right then and there. And they, they did their Which, absolute best to call people over yeah. like immediately. But it's, just, it's scary when you see someone else panicked, especially someone else that, you know, you see, you're used to seeing calm and collected, if not maybe angry, but mm-hmm. to see, like, scared, mm-hmm. uh, it's really scary. Um, All credit to Dunn, though, for, mm-hmm. you know, immediately sensing that something was wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't hard from the camera angle, but, Although you, you know, think, you could... You, you would mu- think it'd be a little hard, quite you might, honestly. Well, have I've, a second. I would think I'd have I've, a second yeah. of, like, what the hell's happening? That's what I mean. Know? I play it back in my head, and as far as you can see from their replay you've seen over and over again, before he gets to the bench, he clears the puck, he skates over. Looks and totally from fun. what I can tell, he sits down and just basically face plants into the board in front of him. Yeah. And I'm sure, and it looks awkward, but for a split second, I think my brain would be like, okay, sure, guy. Right, and then Jay, I'd be like, yeah, prank. but the fact that they they act so quickly is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, it would it scared me. Ryan Getzlav, I think, came over yeah. and ripped the bench out to get mm. like, the people more room to... Yeah, perhaps to the Ducks are, you know, skating over and being there and just the whole organization and their, their health team and everything and really the whole NHL for coming together about this i think all 31 teams tweeted something mm-hmm. out about jay bomeister the when we played vegas they had a thing where their fans could write little like get well notes to jay bomeister the ducks did a thing the night after we played them they stacked their pucks yeah it's, a it was very it was very sweet and it's very kind and it goes and it kind of goes to show you too that like this thing obviously this obviously does not happen all the time yeah people get injured it has happened before yeah rich peverly and some red wings player some red wings player who's not yuri Talusti, but whose name sounds yuri <laughs> like fisher that. or something maybe yeah yeah i yeah i do not remember but yeah like it's happened before and it's just it's just something you don't yuri see very fisher, often yep. yeah there you go slam dunk but i think what scared me even more is like you see the panic on players faces but then when they cut back to pang talking about it mm. in the tunnel and he's like choking back tears and i thought for a split second before he said anything i honest to god thought he was going to tell us that jay bowmeister passed away because oh, yeah. he could not for sure. speak for a moment i was like and i get why obviously it's very yeah. scary but it was just one of those like oh my god this is like he's going to tell me something that like i do not want to hear yeah and i was yeah, like no. thank god he said he, he was you know awake and had his eyes open and was responsive as they they left the rink but yeah it was it was unsettling it was hard too because it was a late game for us you know it's out in anaheim Uh and it's like okay well game's over canceled makes sense and then they talk about as much as they can on fox sports midwest they they cut to whatever they're gonna show some red bull flying plane thing and then you and then you're like okay i guess i'll turn this off and you're like do i go to bed now i can't there's like i want to know what's going on you're just you're so rattled by it. Mm-hmm. I was so thankful, and this is not a sentence I say much, but I was so thankful for Twitter that night. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, I was thinking about it, I was like, man, what if you were watching a hockey game in 1975 and that happened? Mm-hmm. You'd just wait. You'd just wait until the paper in the morning. And frankly, the paper would have already yeah. been printed. So That's right, probably right. wait the next day. The paper. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, at least we all had, you know... It's kind of corny to say, but I feel like a lot of Blues Twitter is a, a very dysfunctional one, but sort of a fail, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? But And 
And it was, you know, in, the, in moments like this, there are no enemies, you know, on Twitter. And, and we were all just trying to, like, figure out how to cope and what everything was going on. And people were sharing information as they got it. And that was nice to to have. But, yeah, it was just... It was such a, you know, you so early in the game, too, you're sitting down, you're thinking, hey, this will be, you know, this your whole day kind of builds up to it, and then it just stops. Obviously, they canceled the game. That was clearly the mm-hmm. right decision. But, like, it's just, it was such a, like, a, you know, falling off a cliff of, like, oh, wow, and that, you know, that happened. And then, you know, you found out more the next day and, and more and more, and now, you know, it seems like he's going to be totally fine in terms of being a human being again, whether he can be a hockey player again, I would, you know, without any sort of medical license, I would suggest that seems very unlikely. Mm-hmm. I know I don't think uh, Fisher or Peverly returned after their incidents. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the ICD seems like would not be the sort of thing you'd want to have while being a full professional athlete. But I don't know, you know, I'm really, I'm not a doctor and I hope, I hope maybe he can come back. They when the when they were doing the pregame ceremony today, they talked about him returning to Enterprise Center and it didn't, you know, we couldn't tell if they just meant to be there or like as a player, but it didn't seem to rule it out. So we'll know more about that in time. But I mean certainly the biggest the biggest aspect here is just that he's well, his family's well, you know, he's He's gonna be fine and return to a basically normal life. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know with the device implanted, and that's great. And that's you know, and as you said, if if this happens in a hotel room, Jay Bo Bowmeister probably is dead. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I hate, I don't, I'm not trying to be blunt or graphic, but like, you know, mm-hmm. it, that happened to Daryl Kyle, right? Like he didn't have like some massive, you know, giant cardiac arrest because he had seven clogged arteries or anything his heart Mm. stopped and he wasn't found fast enough you know and like that's frightening but also very very fortunate that a it happened at the rink and that b the nhl one of the rare things they've gotten right had learned from these previous incidences and had you know the nhl requires defibrillators at every rink now and Mm -hmm. they require certain you know kind of clearances for doctors i think the uh i think 31 thoughts was talking about like it's required by the nhl that doctors have like a clear path to the bench like there can't be any like they can't be in a room up an elevator or anything they've got to be Mm -hmm. right there and like because of that sort of stuff what was obviously still a very frightening situation and is still a major health situation was honestly as minor as it could have been mm-hmm. in terms of the person being, you know, a human being living the rest of his life. And, and we're very fortunate and thankful for that. And like you said, I think the hockey community was awesome. The ducks are obviously awesome. Um, you know, obviously this is a situation where everybody comes together. The Blackhawks send well wishes. Everybody says the right thing, but it, you know, they can, you can tell that they feel it too. And, mm-hmm. and Bo Meester, is such an odd character in a way because he's so like quiet, Mm -hmm. but like his legacy in hockey is pretty huge in terms of, you know, he's a triple gold member. Now he won world juniors Olympics and the Stanley cup. 
uh, maybe it's world championship. Either way, he's won them all. And, you know, he's played on all those national teams, so he knows tons of guys from all over the league in term, and on top of just being in the league for 15 years or whatever it's mm-hmm. been. And it's, yeah, it surprised me to find out during all of this that uh, he's played now the, the plurality of his career for the Blues. I didn't realize that he's played more games for the Blues than he played for any other team, but he has. So, yeah, it was just, it was weird because when we were talking about the Pronger retirement on uh, the Jersey retirement, which we'll circle back to at some point, I hope, but we were talking about that on Twitter and I threw up some names like, which of these do you think is most likely to be retired next? And I got some people, and this was before this happened, saying, I think it'll be Bo Meester. And I was kind of like, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and now I'm, I'm, I don't want them to just do it because this happened, but the more I look at his career, I'm like, eh, maybe there is an argument, you know, so, um, yeah, I mean, is there more you want to say about that right now? I'm sure we will talk about it as we go through chronologically and as we, you know, we'll talk about now you've got, you know, the stark reality is the trade deadline is nine days away. And you have a gaping hole on the left side of your defense that mm-hmm. even if he can return to the ice ever, you shouldn't expect it immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, so at some point this episode, we'll have to talk about what are they going to do now? You know, but for the me- in the meantime, do you have anything else you want to say about him? No, I'm just glad that he's doing well. Yeah, yeah, obviously. I mean, it's, you know, we're talking in somber terms, but we're much happier than we could have been and it's very fortunate that he was there and that the uh, medical team were so well equipped uh so i guess we i guess we just go into games Mm -hmm. i guess way back to thursday february 6th when the blues played the winnipeg jets um justin and i recorded wednesday last week Mm. i was at that hurricanes game time that oh, you guys that? talked about. Yeah, that was. And I'm looking at our record here. That was the most convincing win we've had in a very long oh, time. Months. Yeah, mm. and it was not that convincing. <laughs> Great. Good stuff. Yeah, I got to say, there's a lot to talk about with this team. Mm-hmm. The J. Bo Meester stuff aside, putting that aside, this team. We have to kind of compartmentalize woof. that because it would be easy to say, well, you know, they're shook up because that happened and that's why they've struggled these last two games. They were in a They were deep, struggling deep before long before that. So we're gonna we're gonna be pretty blunt with the team probably and and I don't think that's unfair, even though they've obviously got a bigger thing on their mind right now, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's still what it is. So uh, this this game started with great news. Vladimir Tarasenko is back on the ice for morning skate. Um it doesn't necessarily mean his return is imminent, but uh, it's it's good to see that he's with the team more and more and trying to get uh, reincorporated. I, I want him to keep that shoulder healthy. Yeah. I'm of the mind... Oh, he doesn't need to play. Then he doesn't need to play. If, if other things don't improve, mm-hmm. personally. But we'll that's talk just about my, it. That's just my... We'll yeah. get there. We'll get there. We'll dagger the team over the course of the day. Alex Steen's thousandth game, uh, his... Thousandth NHL game celebration. Tarasenko was on the ice for that. Al McKinnis, uh represented the Al team McGinnis. because uh, represented the team because Armstrong is out scouting. I said, "Don't do it, Doug." Um, but it is really nice to have a guy like McKenna. He's like a legit all-time legend who can step into those 
roles and not make it seem like you're really missing someone, you know? Mm-hmm. It'd be a little weird if it was like Bill Armstrong, <laughs> you know? Like, we know this is nice, but you know what I want to really What's wrong want. with Bill Armstrong? I love Bill Armstrong, but like, wouldn't that be kind of weird if no, it was I like know. Bill Armstrong celebrates Alex Steen for his thousandth mm. game? Um, it was a nice presentation with the silver stick from the uh, team, the crystal from the league, the Rolex from the players, and the commemorative painting, which was nice. Plus, Thomas Steen, whose number will be, and I guess now was, re-retired in Winnipeg last Tuesday, um, is in the video package. Steen's kids were there. John Hamm uh, said it. Said congratulations in the commercials. I think they're pretty close. It was a it was a well done ceremony. The Blues do do this sort of thing well. I like that they had the former players, like they had Stasny mm-hmm. and Reeves and even and Shaddy in there, mm-hmm. all saying hey. And I was like, that's really nice. Stasny seemed uh, weird as always, mm-hmm. so that was nice. Those two were best friends, which was weird to hear when we traded Stasny. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I never saw that ever, but mm-hmm. I guess that's what a private life is for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ian, what does Alex Steen mean to you as a player? Because. You know, the more I thought about him during all this, I was like, he kind of personifies the Blues to me because he's been the guy that's been there the whole time. Yeah, he he is the St. Louis Blues to me, and I'll be I'll be sad when he retires, whenever that is. But like, he's been here literally since the season I really started repaying attention to the Blues in two thousand. What was that? Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. In fact, I think I saw his first game as a blue or his second game as a blue, but I didn't realize it at the time. I remember thinking, I don't know who this fucker is. Uh, and then he kept being around, and he was very good. And I was like, Oh, okay, great. It was I. He's probably one of my favorite blues of all time, just because, like you said, he personifies the blues. He's hardworking guy, two hundred foot player, can actually put the puck on the back of the net, or at least historically could just like a great leader from what we can read from what we know in the locker room is i he's probably my favorite like long time blue if that makes sense yeah yeah i agree completely sorry something very strange is breaking on twitter which i'll describe in a moment but first alex steen um yeah i just he's definitely everything you said about he's just the team he's been there the whole time that i've been a really rabid mm. fan he's the only blue i've ever stalked around uh, deerberg's <laughs> while in concussion protocol part of me is kind of sad in a way i think petrangelo fine captain no problems with petrangelo mm. i'm a little sad that steen somehow never was the captain uh-huh. yeah it, seems it kind like of feels like been. he should have been at mm. some point but you know but that was the whole problem yeah i know that was the um, whole oh boy so this is going to be a, a big story in the NHL now that just happened on Twitter. Oh, breaking uh, news? I, sort of. Uh, not oh. news that I really want to talk about. Oh, but boy. Daniel Carcillo, who is uh, um, a well-known, you know, former mm. grinder and is a well-known uh, former whatever former fighter his well-known twitter critic of Mm -hmm. the league uh retweeted a headline that said the power of paul bissonette how a former tough guy became the most influential person in hockey and daniel carcillo retweeted uh this and said damage control after the fallout with ronick because ronick jeremy ronick's incident uh is was happened on the spit and chicklets podcast but have we talked about this 
Should, should we explain if people don't know? Yeah, no, you go, yeah, go I ahead. I was like, you well, I don't even, I was like, I didn't even listen to it. I just know Jeremy Roenick made some sort of comment about his coworker at NBC Sports Network, Catherine Tappan, mm-hmm. basically saying he would have sex with her. Yeah. From what I know, from what I hear, haven't mm-hmm. listened to it. That's all I know. And then they suspended him for a while. And now, and now they fired him. Coming back. Yeah, this week. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Carcillo said that and implied that this was damage control. And Paul Bissonette retweeted him and said, Remember when you used to call me the N-word in the locker room every day in Wilkes-Barre? Remember when you had a, I don't, he didn't spell this right, but I assume swastika, mm-hmm. embroidered on a robe underneath the hood you wore in an NHL locker room until the captain found out and talked some sense into you. Welcome to the mud, Dan. To which Cam Jansen replied and said, oh boy. (laughs) So. I love you, Cam. This is, you know, just breaking and likely to be a very, (laughs) Greg Wyshynski has the gif of Steve Austin watching his wristwatch and he says, someone please let me know when Carcillo responds to Biz. Um, what? So wait, how is this damage control? Is Bissonette now so th- on NBC think, Sports Network? No, no, no. I think what I think what Carcillo was implying was that somebody wrote this puff piece about Bissonette because Bissonette needs to do damage control after Ronick. Oh, like, oh he's somehow at fault. I was like, but that's not his fault. Yeah, I don't. I'm just on his show. Whatever. I haven't listened to much Fit and Chicklets lately, and it's not because I'm necessarily against it, but. Um, just yeah, so that's uh, happening. So I'll monitor Twitter a little bit um, as we go through here. But in any case, um, the uh, so we were in the we were in the Winnipeg, Winnipeg game. Jets. Sorry, game, yeah. wow, this that that didn't Wowie need to happen zowie. this week. But anyway, uh, yeah, Alex Dean is great. Bennington versus Hellebuck. Jansen Harkins scores. That's not a real person. The Blues failed at a five on three to end the thir- first period, and that was pretty much the whole game. We failed at a five on three. Isn't that a shock? Yeah, I mean, isn't that surprising? I was blown away. There were by a lot of penalties that. here. Bo Meester held Kyle Connor. Um, yeah, I mean, I just don't feel the need to dig super deep into the viscera of these old games. No, these Patrick Wine scored in the second. It was two to nothing. Pareko got the puck directly off of Neil Pionk. And uh, then Colton Pareko, when he decided for a few minutes that he was Alex Ovechkin, got uh, a slap shot goal. Uh, off uh, Thomas's laser off the pipe. Oh, that was really just a rebound goal. Carl Gunnarsson uh, got the goal uh, that was credited to Samford and then wasn't. And uh, really, Robert Thomas was very noticeable in this game. He's so, so good. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's funny because we were always on the Robert Thomas bandwagon, at least from the second he started to get some credit, you know, after the draft and people started to talk about him in the next echelon. But man, it's like he's like unreal good. When he's he's always every game I would see I would say I see him make a play that I don't think another player on this team would or could make. You mm-hmm. know? He's very he's very shifty, but I, in a good way. He's very crafty. Well, even when we were talking about him coming up, I thought of him as more of a like a Ryan O'Reilly type where it's like he's just gonna be good at everything. Yeah, Bo Horvat. And I think I think NHL, uh, EA NHL is maybe right when they say Robert Thomas is elite. I think he might, he might be better than that, you know, as he continues to develop. Mm-hmm. But 
Uh, didn't save us in this game. Andrew Kopp got his ninth of the season. Jansen Harkins got an assist. Cops on patrol. Russell Vick and Harkins don't patrol. like us. Just to circle back on Robert Thomas, he has the same amount of points right now that he had total last season. The exact same stat line. Nine goals, uh, 24 assists for 33 points. That's weird. That's funky. That's Just, wild. There you go. Did I he, had to say it because it looked weird. Did he get any today? Uh, I don't think he did. I don't did. think he did either. But, um... Nah, maybe he did. Anyway, we'll get there. On uh, the way to 50 points. This was a game where genuinely Connor Hellebuck just beat us. He's really good. Uh, I mean, we Sometimes. Weren't, we weren't Sometimes great. he's good. Well, Sometimes yeah. he hella is, sucks. This year he's hella good. But uh, he can hella fuck right the hell off in this game. <laughs> um, but we, yeah, we got 37 shots. We controlled the Corsi and had more high danger chances, more expected goals. And we just, uh, he beat us. He's a... Uh, a Vesna contender for sure this year, I think, along with Vasilevsky and uh, maybe a couple other guys. And, and, you know, I don't... If this game on its own was in a vacuum, then I wouldn't have a big problem with it. Uh, but all the other games also happened. So the Blues <laughs> would go on two days later, three days later, their longest break in ages, to play the Dallas Stars. Um, the Blues just kind of decided that afternoon, you know what? Fuck it, we'll retire number 44. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that had been in the works for longer, mm-hmm. but considering that fans have been clamoring for it forever, and it just was kind of like, didn't they basically announce it at like 5 p.m.? They were like, yeah, we'll tell Pronger. And Al McGinnis told mm-hmm. Pronger uh, like when Pronger had no idea it was coming, which was cool to see that happen. Uh, and then like Pronger dropped the puck literally an hour after he uh, found out about this. And look, Chris Pronger absurd um i guess we can should we talk about this now or you want to talk yeah about let's talk about it now because i gotta go find where i put those numbers but like the amount that he deserves this i saw some people sort of balking at it and i was just like oh no yeah this is historically your best defenseman um, easy peasy he, he deserves it for the 1999 2000 season alone 14 goals, 42 assists. He averaged 30 minutes and 14 seconds time on ice every single game. That's an average. That's an average. So sometimes it was more More, than that. (laughs) Exactly. He was plus 52 (laughs) uh, and had 14.8 point shares en route to a Norris Trophy, a Hart Trophy, and the team's one and only President's Trophy. Uh, He played 1,167 games in his entire career, 698 points and Got that one Stanley Cup victory in Anaheim. He was named to the league's 100 greatest players. Probably, what, top 10 or 15 defensemen all time Mm -hmm. in the NHL. 356 points in 598 games with the Blues. And over 598 games with the Blues. He averaged 29 minutes per night. And that's during the regular season. That's just the regular season. I mean, granted, it was the, you know, How much playoff time did we get, though, too? You got one series or Mm -hmm. two a year. But still, uh, he's a Hockey Hall of Famer. He certainly deserves to be... I think people don't like him because he was dirty, and he was definitely dirty. Oh, yeah, very. No question, and I don't think he'd deny that now, but he's a legend. Mm. I mean, he's an absolute legend. He went to, like, I think two or three different times he went to a new team, and they went to the Stanley Cup, like, after they acquired him, Mm. so... Yeah, he's very, very good. I mean, yeah, he was great with the Ducks, won a cup of the Ducks. He was good when those, like, latter years of Philadelphia, and they mm-hmm. went to the cup and lost to Chicago. Like, 
the guy is an amazing player. He's not. Can he be in the Hall of Fame yet? He can't be. He's but, in. No, no, he's, he's in. in he's yeah. in already. Oh shit! Well, there he you has go. That weird thing where he's been retired for thirty eight oh, years. Oh yeah. Like, he okay. Has, you know. But yeah, I think. Well, let's maybe he's not in yet. I well, he say. will be. But way. he's a but, like, I mean, Yeah. He's he's your best. He's the St. Louis Blues best defenseman, hands down historically. Mm-hmm. We've never had a defenseman with that season ever anywhere else other than with Chris Pronger, and it's long overdue. He's also was on the cover of NHL Hits 2003, so mm. that alone. Um, yeah, it's just I, I, I would. I saw some people push back and mm. say, "I'm sorry to interrupt." I was gonna say I would only balk at it because maybe this goes to your point. Because we have a number of number, we have a number of numbers yeah. retired. Yeah. But that doesn't change the fact that his, I would, I would say his needs to be up there before some of the other so, ones that are up there. That's the thing. That's a couple of people pushed back and said we've got too many numbers retired. I'll agree. I'll agree with that. You're right. And if we're taking them down, if we're if we're relitigating these mm-hmm. sixteen two and four and twenty four. Yeah. Are the only ones that even have an argument before forty four, and mm-hmm. I would I would say Pronger probably deserves it more than McInnes, just as like a blue. Mm-hmm. But that's I'm not that's not a debate I'm wanting to get into. Or some I haven't looked at the numbers, and maybe I wouldn't be like, oh no, that was a stupid thing to say. But like <laughs> in my head, that's you know kind of what it is. And yeah, and listen, the Blues have two categories of guys retired. And the Cardinals have done this to some extent, too. And it comes back to bite you over the long term. But the the Plager brothers, is, as hockey players, should nope. not have their numbers retired. Yeah. As pillars of the team, I get why you did it. And I'm mm-hmm. not complaining. Same for Bob Gassoff. It's like tragic death. I get why you did it. Shouldn't have your number retired. If, you know, not because it's just totally a different situation mm-hmm. than Hart and, and Hall and Pronger and... Hart. I don't know who Hart is. Uh, I think I was think. I think I. Th- I think I said Brett Hall's name in my head and just made it Brett Hart. Uh, he he was the excellence of execution. So if we want to retire his number, that's great too. But like Dan Kelly's got the core relief up there. Doug mm-hmm. Wickenheiser, his number isn't technically retired, but it's up there mm-hmm. because of the Cancer Foundation. Yep. And then they did that whole thing that they did and then undid with the number seven, mm-hmm. which like to me, if you're going to retire honored. a number, you can retire seven because like Gary Unger deserves it. But like you can't then retire it without honoring who else wore that, like Red Berenson and Keith Kachuk and mm, we have someone Pat else too. who doesn't, you know and figure in that same way but it's just like yeah i get the argument of like they've hung too many mm-hmm. but if they you think they've hung too many then i hate to say your issue is with plager and plager and gas off and it's not with uh brett hall or mm-hmm. with uh chris pronger yeah i'd say like who's the other one that's up there that i always kind of debate there's a uh... number three bob gas off mm-hmm. number eight barclay plager and number 11 brian sutter he's the other one where it's like he... i don't is the heart and soul of this team for mm. a decade. He's not a legendary I think he's, player. he's pretty much, as far as I can tell, I wasn't around for his tenure, as far as I can tell, he's Alexander Steen. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine. I just can't comment on it. I assume, I think that's fine retirement. I think maybe even a little more than Steen. He was mm-hmm. the captain, I think. And then he eventually you know. coached the team, I believe. Yeah, so yeah. I get it. But, like, 
I'm just saying, like that doesn't invalidate Pronger's I know. Now, qualification. Imagine you have someone that scores, you know, you get a Ovechkin type or whatever on your team, and you're like, well, we can't retire his number. There's so many retired. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but this is the best player you've ever had. Yeah. Like, I know, but we're gonna have to pass. <laughs> uh, so I did a little bit of a question. Excuse me. Who would be retired next? Oh, are we putting you to sleep? Are yes. the listeners putting I'm you putting to sleep? I'm putting myself to sleep. I'm so boring. Uh, one person said David Backus. No, nope. Not going to happen. Sorry. <laughs> I love you. I love David Backus. It's that if, maybe if he'd stayed. Maybe. Probably not. No. But maybe if he'd stayed. I mean, then more he got, That would have been the more the Brian Sutter sort of thing, mm. you know? But, like, I don't think so. Now, Gary Unger, I heard a lot of Gary Unger, mm-hmm. who's a great player and probably deserves it, but that's that whole weird thing they have. Like, almost by virtue of doing the weird, like, we're going to name a section after them that sort of, like, invalidated retiring that number. Because mm-hmm. you can't suddenly be like, oh, no, actually, it should be retired. <laughs> it was kind of a dumb move that they put it yeah, over, like, a Zamboni exit. Uh, They're like, this is the seven yeah. or whatever. And then I, it's not a... there anymore, right? Is it not? I don't think so. Don't Maybe know. it is. I don't know. Uh, Keith Kachuk got some for that. I think you'd do both of those if you did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of Gretzky, but that's, like, a league-wide thing, yeah. like, you know, retire him just for the blues. Got some, well, certainly. got some Demetra, which I certainly understand. And, um, he is great, but mm. Mm, that would be more along that Bob gas offline where it's like, would you be doing it if he had survived, you know, hadn't gone through the plane crash. And it's like, I don't think so. Um, and then we got a few bone Easter, which obviously became more of a thing now but he is you know he's interesting because he is a triple gold club and and all that but i i tend to think you know he will retire if he plays a more he'll retire with about 500 games played if he doesn't he will retire with about 500 games played for the blues and and you know it's just i don't know maybe that's not long enough um to me, I, the names I put out there were Steam Petrangelo, O'Reilly, and Tarasenko. Um, I didn't explain it very well, but I just kind of meant, like, if they play the rest of their careers here mm. and, you know, are similar kinds of players, not just like, no, we shouldn't retire Ryan O'Reilly's number if he leaves next year, <laughs> you know? like. But I think Petrangelo, if you re-sign him, has a pretty good shot. Mm-hmm. Because if he plays his whole career here, if he's captain for, like, a decade-plus and he's the first captain to lift a cup here, and he's going to, you know, if he plays eight more years here or whatever, he's going to set a bunch of records. I think that's a, a pretty good bet. Steen, I think you're right that it would be more of a, like, Brian Sutter, where it's like, eh, yeah, not I just quite can't. good enough a player. And Tarasenko, I think, and I mean, O'Reilly, it's too soon to know, and Tarasenko would just have to really, like, be dominant for mm. a while again. So um, that happened. They, well, I mean, it didn't happen, but they announced it. Uh, then the Blues were set to play the Stars, Bennington versus Qdoba. Qdoba, delicious. Mm-hmm. I just named him like the fourth best NHL backup in the uh, in the league. If you want to go read that article at the Hockey Writers, uh, but a pain in the ass to play against. And uh, Colton Pareko opened this with two goals out here firing bullets. Um, he was overflowing with confidence, and then it all disappeared. He's all gone. And those are like is six. He's has. Six isn't a career high for him, is it? Goals? I don't think so. Let me check. I wouldn't think he's hit double digits in goals. Maybe mm-hmm. like 10 or 11. But I, I would say nine, maybe? Career high? 
That's chugging. The hamsters are working. I believe he's, I think he said 11 before. Yeah, I, 11 me. feels right. In any case, you got three in like a week here. 10. 10. You got 10, 10. in 2018, 19. Um, he had nine as rookie but season. But man, just fire it more, dude. Just fire it more. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. would be my advice to Colton Pareko. That'd be, be no. taller, perhaps. <laughs> Jamie Venn scored. Gross. Um, Gunnarsson got eaten alive there. Had Jamie Venn tipped it in smoothly, which is ironic because he plays on a team with Joe Pavelski now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know this about Joe Pavelski, <laughs> and, but he is very good at tipping. Underrated. So um, underrated. So underrated. I don't um, even know where the I, where do they even get it. Mm-hmm. By not talking about how many him. players are in the league, they rate him in like negative. They rate oh, him yeah. like the nine hundredth best. Yep. Yep. And most known. Yep. I knew about uh, that one guy. I didn't know about on Winnipeg. I knew about him before I knew about Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski never talked about. Also, not the captain of Dallas Star. So who cares anymore? And I forget that he's even there. Okay. Okay. I don't give live sh- shout outs on the podcast very often. But Justin, this guy just tickled him. Justin just texted us mm-hmm. that um, that Viz tweet mm-hmm. and made the comment: "Use code Viz twenty for twenty percent off your reputation." <laughs> <laughs> so pretty good, Justin. Well done. Uh, but um, yeah, this team came out in the second period flat as a pancake, as they've been a lot lately. Rupe Hintz scored the tying goal, toe-dragged around Petrangelo. Perry toe-dragged around Petrangelo. Petrangelo got it and tried to backhand it out, but it lands with Rupe, who fired it in the third period. Sucked. The Blues <laughs> did get a point, though. At least you got a point. And then Rupe Hintz scores the game-winning goal. Being Bennington five-hole, he's probably screened by O'Reilly. Still not a good look. I hate overtime. I hate overtime so much. Mm-hmm. It's my least favorite thing How about hockey. How do guys play tic-tac-toe at center ice? Like, seriously, it's mm-hmm. a gimmick. It's nonsense. I used to think that people who said that were old men. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm almost 30. So maybe, maybe. It's, maybe I'm just like old-time hockey. Yeah. But still, overtime, just a crapshoot. I hate it so much. It's just like who wins the face-off and like where does the puck bounce? Mm-hmm. Well, we've seen we've seen before you and I live when someone wins the puck, wins the faceoff. Sometimes you just score immediately because mm. you never gave that at give least up felt, possession. That felt more justified than a lot of overtimes, though. Mm. And know? again, you're up in a game, two goals to nothing. Yeah, you at least get a point, but really, didn't you kind of lose a point? Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it, you didn't actually, but you should have had two, and you only got one. As I said, this felt like a game that the Blues absolutely deserved to lose, and Colton Pareko and Jordan Bennington really didn't. <laughs> but uh, Bennington made 31 saves here on 34 shots. He's looked better, I think, a little bit. Not great yet, but a little steadier. Uh, after that was the Anaheim game. Obviously, the big story there is what happened to Bomeister. There were two goals before that. Uh, Adam Henrique scored his 19th of the season, and Ivan Barbashev scored his 8th with Jordan Kyber's third assist. Now, as I understand this, mm-hmm. according to Doug Armstrong, these teams will play this game again, and it will be a full 60-minute game, but it will start one-to-one with mm-hmm. both of these goals counting. So technically, right now, I think... Ivan Barbashev scored a goal in the next game, last game. So he technically has eight goals, but really he has nine goals. 
because when that game starts, this goal will just count. But the funny thing I thought about, and this isn't going to happen because I want, um, you know, I would like us not. You to, want chaos. I would like us not to trade either player with a point in that game. But let's say, let's say, just for argument's sake, we trade Jordan Cairo for Chris Kreider. We could play that night, and he could be playing as a Ranger and record an assist as a Blue when we restart that game. Mm-hmm. So that'd be fun and wild. But I, let's not do that. That's interesting, and I've figured out that's because they have to keep. The stats in order, they can't take away a stat a goal from you because mm-hmm. it was legal and it wasn't a part of a game. But they have to play a full 60 minutes because all games played have to reach like a certain like amount of time. They have to be 60 minutes. They can't play a game that's like less than that. Why, though? I don't know. But I, I don't get why you can't just pick it up at 53-60. Because they're, not counting, they're not counting this as a game. So they can't count, like, you can't count any partial game as a game. Right now, because those goals don't count yet, but they'll count when the full game starts. So the goals are just technically, like, a statistical anomaly, sort of. Right now, because, like you said, they don't count, but they will count. they're counting the goals for the guys because the guys got the goals. Yeah, they can't say, you didn't didn't score that. Barbashev scored a goal in a game. So they're counting the goals really more as, like, a... As just a stat tracking thing. So will the game even start one to one? Yeah, we'll start one one. So if it had been four nothing, mm-hmm. they would have counted all four goals and it would have started four nothing. Yeah, I'm so confused. Okay. Yeah, it's just for the it's for the legality of like tracking stats. It's kind of like how you can't count a a puck Chicken that hits the post. Yeah, there you go. If you you can't count a puck that hits the post as a shot on net. As a shot on net, because if it was a shot on net, then that's boosting that goalie's stat. But the goalie didn't make the save, so you just can't count it as anything. That makes sense. Uh, my thought process on when they're going to replay this game, obviously, it's probably going to be after the Avalanche game at the end of the year. That was going to be our last game of the year, but we'll already be out west, as you know, at least further west. We'll be out in Denver, so just make the game out in Anaheim, like the next day or the day after that. And they can pick it up from there. And then hopefully, so that would be, I think our last game is on a Saturday. So either they can play it a Sunday or Monday. Playoffs How? start Wednesday. Maybe they can make our series start on Thursday or Friday if they're so kind. How unmotivated would the Ducks be <laughs> in that game? Because, I mean, the, you know, their season will have been over mm-hmm. technically. I hope it means something for us. It's weird to I me. I kind of hope it does. Also, it's weird to me that they haven't just scheduled it. Like... You know when it's oh, going to happen. Yeah. Like, announce it. Anyway, weird. So that game ended. The Blues did play two get nights later in Vegas. Bomeister was officially placed on injured reserve. Mikola was called up from San Antonio, but is never going to get to play. That for reasons. Mm-hmm. And Bennington uh, was in against... J- I almost called him J.K. Suban. <laughs> J.K. Simmons Suban. Uh- <laughs> Malcolm, I want Spider-Man. Malcolm Subban. Uh, not a good NHL goalie. Jeez, this game was... Not, not a good NHL goalie. Blues lose 6-5. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I think the story of this game is the fact that Jordan Bennington, I think, had faced a, to- a, a grand total, a, a high... A career high of 42 mm. shots before tonight, and this night he faced 52 <laughs> shots, including a few in overtime. And, um, you know, the other story of this game, quite frankly, is that the refs 
stole it. And not that they stole it. We didn't play well. well. There's a third story. Um, well, oh, yeah, 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 sure, sure. If you want to talk about the four, the like eighth four goal game in Blues history, fine. If you want to go there, but I will not touch on the hot button issues on this podcast. I thought you were going to say the eighth four goal game for Zach Sanford. And I was like, holy shit, Doug Armstrong had to have Zach Sanford. That's right. Yeah, Zach Sanford. So, uh, phenomenal. Our last, our last podcast together was Zach Sanford's remedial driving school, correct? Yeah, I think so. When we were like, pick a lane, Zach, uh-huh. pick a lane. He well, he's he like, fuck, chose. sure, he all right. Wasn't. I'm going to the fast lane, baby. I can drive 55. Uh, hot, he's hot. I've seen a lot of Twitter takes about like, sell Zach Sanford high, which maybe, but tell me what that looks like first. Sending what am him, I getting? Sending what am I him getting in a for first him? for Chris Kreider is not selling Zach Sanford high, you mm-hmm. know. Um, sending him to Winnipeg for Kyle Connor, great. Then How that? yeah, then you sell him high. Mm, but, sizzling. Uh, <laughs> I lo- oh, baby, I love uh, it. But um, but you know, like I'm not, obviously he's not five goals in two games guy, mm-hmm. but I'm not convinced that this isn't Zach Sanford. Like, Zach Sanford can be a 30-goal scorer at the NHL. He's got the talent, clearly. Mm-hmm. He's got sick hands. He's got pretty good hockey IQ when he doesn't have his head up his ass, which is sometimes. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I don't get it, but I will give you my theory on <laughs> four goals, Zach Sanford, because it's very deep. Jay Bo Meester, father to the whole team, in an emergency medical situation. In his place steps Robert Bortuzzo, oh, who boy. Zach Sanford hates. But here's the thing. Robert Bortuzzo and Zach Sanford got into fisticuffs several months after mm-hmm. Zach Sanford's real earthly father passed away. So by engaging in fisticuffs with Zach Sanford in such an emotionally turbulent time, Robert Bortuzzo stepped in unintentionally into a surrogate father role. What? So now, Hold on. Robert well, okay. Bortuzzo. I was willing. Okay. No, 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 no. But it's uh... the thing. Robert Bortuzzo, Zach Sanford's surrogate father, steps back into the lineup on the dad's trip when Zach Sanford's friend, whose name I forget, but is crucial to this story, is in the stands because... His real father has passed on, as Darren Pang so awkwardly said during the broadcast. So, Zach Sanford determined to prove, by virtue of his performance, that he did not need his surrogate father, stepped up to the plate, delivered four goals, and gave the giant middle finger to Robert Bortuzzo, a.k.a. Pops. Your thoughts? <laughs> You're in 100%? I, I mean, All right, what, is, 100%. what does this mean for he's us? He's in 100%. Robert Bortuzzo. He's in 100%. <laughs> Robert Bortuzzo's in 100% of the games now oh, to keep for Zach sure. Sanford yeah. on fire. Well, I mean, he scored again today, so... We have to constantly remember, remind Zach Sanford that his father's not around. <laughs> oh, like, no. Steven, oh, I don't no. know what you're asking. Oh, no. But I do like that this dude's hot, hot, hot. Oh, We very. caliente. Yeah, super. Uh, the best part about this team right now. The only part. <laughs> the far whole nine. team. Uh, first goal was a snipe from the far side. Uh, 25 seconds in, hot, hot, hot start. 
Max Pacioretty scored the next two. I guess he's back again. I like I like that he's just like, you know what? My career's not going to be over. 26 goals. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, silently. That's t- right. For me, Back up to that 30 mark he used to hit all the time. With Good for you, Patches. Celebrated. And I like Patches a lot. I feel like he took a lot of unnecessary crap for being an American captain in Montreal. A title of a great stage play I once saw. But, <laughs> um, but uh, I wish he hadn't done it on this night. Uh, but Samford scored again, and then Mackenzie McEachern scored, and then Samford scored his hat trick early in the second period. Um, Subban became Patrick Waugh for a second to allow Samford to get his hattie. O'Reilly with the slick pass to Petrangelo, which somehow Subban got over to. Uh, but Petrangelo got it bas- back and passed to Samford, who needed a couple of whacks, but there's the hat trick. Uh, and as I already explained, Robert Mortuzo is his surrogate father, whom he was trying to impress to prove how little he needed him. Uh, Allegedly. That Ian is completely convinced by this theory. It is that based in deep-rooted psychological truths, and if you deny it, you're really, psychological you're really denying your own psyche. So that's up on you. That's that's, that's on you. That's your that's mental. Your that's right. That's, that's right. your mentality. Uh, I choose to believe Sanford has always had this fire within him. Right, because but it was unlocked when oh. his surrogate father, you know. This feels very anime. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Any, if there's any manga authors out there, feel free to draw uh, what Stephen has just put forth. Zach Sanford also has uh, a cat with heart hearts for eyes. So. Um, do with that what you yeah want. and, and <laughs> include that <laughs> yes. send your uh drawings what's, art form what's the japanese word for uh please be one i know please be one i know what give me a japanese word for something random oh well for cat i believe it's niku niko okay niko. but it can't be the word for cat it's yeah. got to be the word for like cabbage or roughage or something mcdonald's is makudo narudo <laughs> okay. and that's true well that's his cat's name so makudo you can naruto. incorporate that too say that again makudo narudo that now that that seems racist i'm just saying okay here we surface. go we're digging into it so here's the deal they've got They've got three alphabets. They okay. have hiragana, katakana, and kanji. Kanji okay. is the one that's you, the characters, you right? see in well, they're all characters. Oh, but you, the kanji is the one you see that's Chinese because they literally stole it from China and said, "We'll use this too for our languages that does not that don't are not similar in any way." Not the worst thing Japan's done to China. <laughs> that's true. Probably one of the lesser atrocities. <laughs> And there's the title for the podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, okay, they got three languages. One's for Japanese words. That's hiragana. That's okay. that's uh, syllabulary. It's like a i u a o. Put your put your consonant in front. There you go. Kakiku keiko. There you go. That's hiragana. Katakana. Same thing, except it's a different alphabet. Like it's different. It's written differently, and it's used for uh, words that are not. Uh, Japanese that are of foreign origin. Okay. So that's how they actually get makudo narudo is they take Japanese sounds and they fit them together to basically sound like McDonald's. Ah, that's see, that's very interesting. Please tweet at me if I'm completely off my rocker. No, that's very believable. So when you hear like sports commentators and mm-hmm. they're saying like. English sounding words, but with a lot of like extra syllables and O's. Yeah, they can spell. Yeah, they can spell it out for you. Now see, I have now I understand. 
That makes so much the sense. The more you know. Do, do, Shooting star. Do, do. Remember, remember that part. Should and I have not... cut and inserted the real thing? <laughs> nah. <laughs> remember that part and not the uh, the latter part of those comments. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you learn something and that's all. That's it. Um, Jonathan Marchesso. I learned how to spell his name once. Marchesalt? So, yep. So, Marchesalt. Uh this was a crappy penalty by Kairu. Man, I just don't... I don't have the emotion to dig into this game. Uh, this is team. This is the thing. The penalty screwed us in this game. Yes. Hardcore. I agree. Hardcore. Also, also, this team sucks <laughs> right now. That can be both. Oh, it can be both. Oh, so bad. And I don't want to make excuses because here's the thing. They won the Stanley Cup last year. Mm-hmm. You've won the Stanley Cup, Blues. You can be Blackhawks, Kings, Penguins, or you can be Hurricanes. It's up to you. Up to you. But I'm not going to make excuses <laughs> because you're a team that's good enough to win the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup. And Oscar Sundquist and Jay Bomeister not being on the ice, even as difficult as the Bomeister circumstances were, mm-hmm. shouldn't make you a team that is garbage. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, your PK needs to be better. Let's, we're just being honest. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we're ta- we'll talk about it later, but it's since January 1st, it's the worst in the league. Mm-hmm. So uh, Vegas knows a little bit about uh, PKs. What's, that, be what's that guy who does all the stick tape? Mm. Uh mark something savard our savard guy. i keep i always want to call him mark recce i'm like why but uh yeah he needs to uh get your pack your shit mark or just fix it just but he's not the penalty. pk he's not the Is pk he just coach powerful? i think he's just powerful oh who's pk though uh that's gotta be van ryan yeah van ryan oh van ryan get out of here pack your shit boy yeah that's uh, right it's just it's so bad. It's what do you say it was? Now it's the worst in the league. We're at in the last however many games we're at sixty something percent. Sixty seven. No, almost two and three. Almost exactly. Fucking two and three. trash. Yeah. Fucking trash bag, man. That's awful. <laughs> that's awful. For a team that's like just prides itself or likes to talk about priding itself and being like a defensive stalwart. Mm-hmm. Fucking garbage, dude. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, and here's another thing. Since we're talking about it here, let's stop the Justin Fox scapegoating. He's not been good. Mm-hmm. He's been pretty bad. Yeah. Let's not pretend he's the reason this yeah, team Yeah, this is sucks. not... He is not like the fucking penny in between the gears that's just like, man, if we got rid of him, smooth sailing. Yeah, let's not... Let's not pull that crap. So... I don't know. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a diehard Justin Bach fan or anything, but, mm. and he definitely needs to do more offensively if he's not going to be great defensively. Mm. But yikes! Um, Nate Schmidt scores another terrible penalty call. I think this one was also on Cairo. Good to see that uh, Barube recognized the reality there and didn't bench him after mm. the two penalty calls and you know he got to be back in this game and scored a goal today so that's nice i think he's generally actually looked all right these last couple of games as yeah, much as he... people haven't liked kairu in i think he's looked noticeable and in a good way at least that he's in the sense that he's engaged which he, is good he got that talking to which is one of the many things that we won't go into in detail because we've still got a good about a gazillion things to cover this episode but uh, Barubi had the long talk with him, and look, I don't mind Barubi taking him under his wing and giving him the tough love speech. What I minded about all of that was when he makes those very public comments about how, well, this is the NHL and you just have to play the game better. And 
I realize we just said don't scapegoat him, but it's like, okay, say that publicly about Justin Fox sometime. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what bothers me, because he never would. He never would. And that's the thing with all NHL coaches. It's like, sure, publicly belittle the new guy. I get that. That's fine. But when somebody else on your team sucks just as much, mm-hmm. then you got to call them out, too. And Baruby did that a little last year. I think he did with Tarasenko maybe early on. And some other things, but like it really, it needs to happen consistently if you're gonna, you know, be fair on some of those issues. But hey, Kairos looked better. Points in two of the last three, good for him. I, you know, I am just counting down the days until we get to the trade deadline and he's still on the team, so that I can breathe a sigh of relief. And we'll never get there. Zach Sanford scores his fourth, basically a power play goal because we maintained position. Uh, and yeah, this kid does not want to be traded. Um, and so he will be, <laughs> he, no, he will be, I mean, he, I assume he'll be like first star of the week probably. Right. I would hope so. Like how could he not be? Um, and then Sammy boy forgot himself. Uh, and oh, Alex, you, you forget yourself, Samuel scored a goal. Oh, it was a bad, it was a bad trying to break out for a pat, like trying to have a nice breakout pass. Passes you don't need to make when you're only up by a goal, especially when you've been trading goals back and forth. One of those, like, that's one of those, uh, we're up by three. Hey, let me just make one of these bang bang plays, or let me make one of these long, you know, stretch passes. Because, hey, why not? Who gives a shit? And I was mm-hmm. like, no, dude, fucking no. I, I don't know how these guys lose players on the ice. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't speak, I would lose everyone. But I'm just saying, like, you would think, <laughs> you would just think I'd lose my shorts, I'd lose my pants. I've lost everyone. <laughs> but like it's just like where did you not see him there he wasn't like in the weeds i don't know it was just directly yeah. to him i was like fuck me a new bro. challenger <laughs> i've lost a, a wild ball. tuck has emerged from the tall class a wild stevenson yeah uh tuck oh tuck took that really nasty tumble into the boards i haven't heard any more on him but that Ooh. looked bad yeah um and uh the gross finish to the period led to an overtime game winner. I forgot to even write down who scored it. Do you remember? You want to look it up? I thought it was March or so. That might be right. On the four-on-three power uh, play, baby. Um, but in any case, it was another weak-ass call on Schwartz. Five to two penalties in the game. Baruby before that, didn't ice Sanford for either of the first two three-on-three lines, which, great call. You know, you've got a guy in a four-goal game. Why would you put him out there, really? Why? You're probably not feeling it. He's probably, probably not. No, he's so it, tired from scoring all those goals. That game felt like crap because oh, the refs it. stole a game from us. And really, they didn't, but they also did. Mm-hmm. I don't like using that excuse, and I'm not using it as an excuse. It is the reality that they fucked us pretty good in this one. It's not just that the penalties were lopsided. It's that the penalties they called on us were bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's... Uh, anyway, they, sco- they seemed to steal a game from a team that needed an emotional win. They didn't get it. You re- you waste a Zach Sanford four-goal game, which, you know, hopefully he has again, but I wouldn't rely on it to be regular. God, I hope he gets another four-goal game. Yeah. and Really uh, need that offense. I should... Then we played today. Uh, rinse, wash, and repeat, baby. Vandewurst. Mika was still not in. Our friend Jeff Ponder 
pointed out, I've been pretty good about not questioning Armstrong and Barubi's decision-making this season. They've earned that, but I can't for the life of me figure out why Mikula isn't getting every look possible right now. You have to know what you have in him, and I think he makes a really good point because, once again, you've got nine days. Mm -hmm. You've got nine days to figure out if you want to make any improvements to this team, and I am all for you not doing that. Personally, we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. You don't. There's too much chaos right now. This team sucks real bad. <laughs> you don't know if or when Vladimir Tiras is coming back. You don't know if or when, and probably, frankly, isn't Jay Bomeister is coming back. Mm -hmm. Those are two huge pieces of your team. Oscar Sundquist is still out and not all that close to returning. Your team is just awful right now. Neither of your goalies look good. Why would you go and get trade futures right now at the deadline if you hadn't just won the cup and if Alex Petrangelo was re-signed for next year, you wouldn't think about it. So be smart, Doug Armstrong. <laughs> but even if you're not going to be smart, why would you not try and play Nico Mikola every chance you get to see if, hey, can this kid step into not probably the same amount of minutes that Petrangelo is playing, but can he step into 14, 15 minutes a night mm -hmm. and do it well? Because I saw him in his first run up here, and I think he might be able to. But if... If you're serious about contending this season and you can't trust Nico Mikola, then you have to trade for a left-handed defenseman. I don't know who that is. Alec Martinez, maybe? I don't know. But He's available. Nah, they're just going to run Bortz Gunnarsson done, baby. Then you're screwed. Yeah. Then you're screwed. And that's fine. Again, you <laughs> just won the cup. There's no result this season apart from missing the playoffs that I'm going to be, like, disgusted by you. But if that's your plan... Just pack it up. Just pack it up. You know? Uh, I agree. I'm not saying tank. I'm just saying, like, let's all, as a collective, not pretend anymore, you know? Has Matt Dumba shoot left? Oh, baby, let's go. I want I want Matt the fire Dumba. sale happening up in Minnesota. I want a piece of it. I want Matt Everybody Dumba. Everybody wants Matt Dumba. He's a righty, though. Ah, course. shit. Yeah, I, we should have known because the friggin' you know what? Maple Leafs. Trade for him anyway. Put him on the left. <laughs> Get him anyway. <laughs> I don't care. Why not have four overpaid right here? Yeah, we'll go for it. Uh, no, Pavarico and Petrangelo isn't overpaid. There's no price too high for Alex Petrangelo. You heard it here first. He's leaving. Uh, he really is. I really am convinced. On top of everything else, like mm. all of this is going on under on the surface and then underneath my little duck feeder, just paddling, 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 because it's going to happen. And we're going right for the waterfall, baby. We're going over the edge. That's okay. Who knows what's it's at the okay. bottom of the waterfall? It's okay. Just more water. It's just more water. And I got wings, baby. I got wings. <laughs> Victor Arvidsson has wings. He's I wonder screwed. what that. I wonder what that part of the metaphor is. We have wings. Alex Petrangelo got traded, but Chris Pronger came out of retirement, and we <laughs> win the cup. Fine. We're good. We're good, baby. We got wings. Life rips. Uh, <laughs> Victor Arvidsson, 13th goal of the season. Jake Allen, uh, not so good. Not so good on this one. Jake Allen's back. Uh, just, I'm not I, sure Jake like, Allen isn't back. Like, I guess, seal the post. I yeah, he should, that's what he should right. have done. He didn't, though. That's the problem. He wasn't uh, sealing the opposite post, mm -hmm. and he wasn't sealing this post. So what was he doing? He exists in the 90% in the middle. That's right, and his little duck feet were moving frantically, but it couldn't get over, and it was an easy goal. I don't know, but maybe that's the podcast title. 
a little, little duck, duck feet. feet. <laughs> <laughs> we've got we've got worse atrocities. What was it? Lesser atrocities <laughs> or little duck feet? You guys. Uh-huh. Here's the funny thing. They know while we while they're listening to this, mm-hmm. they know the answer, and we don't. Mm-hmm. It could be something we haven't even thought of. I hope you're happy. It could be listeners. rainbow turtle dance. I don't know. It will not be. It that. will not be. But what if it is? They know. We don't know. That's what's crazy. What a conundrum. That's insane. What a fanasco, as I've heard people say. That's a a fanasco? That's like a a hot sauce, isn't it? I heard someone say that on TV the other day, and I had like the subtitles on. Uh And I love that subtitles will dagger people. If they say sometimes the wrong word or mispronounce a word, they put it in quotes. It was like it was like Finasco, and it was reality like TV. Fun. It was like, oh, I don't know what the fuck this is, but here you go. That's what it sounded like. Oh boy, Matt Duchesne got a decent uh, goal, beat Alan Queen on a not especially good chance. Matt Duchesne having a pretty ta- a pretty awful year, and uh, yeah, just give him one. Eight million dollar man, he's a not good. <laughs> Art division mm-hmm. sucks. No, yeah, it's not very good. Stars, yeah, no. Dece, mm-hmm. Avs, good. Yep. Us, yeah. Jets, Connor Hellebuck. Wild fire sale. Mm-hmm. Blackhawks. Where are they at these days? Blackhawks. Yeah. Robin Lanier. Uh-huh. That's. Oh, you just have to name for. put names. <laughs> Robin Lanier <laughs> next. Words. Uh. 2 nothing entering the second period. I don't think either of us ever thought the Blues were going to win this. Zach Sanford still had hope, though. Real fancy passing. Very nice goal. He's a god. 13 goals this season, I believe, beats his career total entering the season. Does he hit 20? Yeah. I hope so. Because he's going to get five next game. <laughs> and then he'll stop, and then he'll hit two in April. Oh, and then he'll hit. Doink. Uh, <laughs> 20, check box, and boom. he's off the ice. Boom, baby! Kyle Turris. Also terrible. Responded immediately. Oh. Also terrible. Grabs the puck off the wall, skates in, and shoots it after Barbashev got domed by the puck. Beat Allen a little too clean. I would say, and this isn't beat up on Jake Allen hour, but I would say there are four goals in this game. And any of the four of them, all of the four of them, could have been saved. That's all I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm looking at this, and it says Ryan Johansson has 22 assists this season. Mm-hmm. That is not a lot of assists for your second line center. They're paying 25 million dollars to their four to their centers. Not a not not good. Oh, they're not, not good. good. It's constantly one. Duchesne, Turris, Bonino, and. Uh, Joe Hansen, oh boy, that's not good for $28 million or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's eight for Duchesne. Mm-hmm. It's eight for Joe Hansen. I think, yeah. It's six for Turris. That's 22 And then it's like three for Bonino. I think it's $25. Um, Barbashev Bar- got hit in the head by the puck. This went off. I don't think he returned. So he's probably in the concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. Or did he return? Maybe he returned in the third. I think maybe he did. I think maybe I know Blay walked down and then came back yeah. too. I don't know. It was a shit show. You a know it's bad. Off, kind of dinged up. Yeah, it's not great when you're losing. It's a shitty looking game and people are like, this guy's kind of hurt and this mm-hmm. guy's kind of hurt. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, can we just end the game now? <laughs> just, let, 
It's a loss. The end. Schwartz got his 18th goal of the season. Good for him. Perron hit the post. More fancy passing goal. Jordan Cairo, Bozak did a lot of battling uh, against Matthias Ekholm down low behind the net, and the puck kind of trickled in front, and Cairo knocked it in. Hey, that's still a goal. Mm -hmm. Dirty areas. You want to score goals? You go to the front of the net. And if you want to order pizza, you do that, too, Mm because that's really not If you want to order pizza, you make sure you do your line of Coke down in the basement, and then you order pizza. Yori, Yori, Yori. I made him out of clay. He's a captain in Russia. Someone made a captain cocaine in Yori In Russia? Yeah. That sentence is fine. That's because he's the dealer. (laughs) That that, 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 that sentence, there's no flags. Uh, You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Hey, if he can supply the coke, he can get the sea. <laughs> <laughs> You're hired. Ah, there we go. Uh, did you did you solve our cat friendly mystery? No, you were right. 800, 800 for Ryan Johansson, 800 for Matt Deshane. 8 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, 800. would be very for Kyle Turris and 4.1 for Six Nick Bonino. Very nice. They have a lot of long contracts on that team. In fact, that all... Arvidsson contract is, and the Sissons one. I know we're talking about the greatest general manager in history by war of attrition standards, mm-hmm. but <laughs> not good. Not great. He's got, man, they've got Ryan Johansson signed through uh, 24 25. Uh-huh. They have Duchesne signed for over that, so like whatever that is, 26 27. Mm-hmm. They have Kyle Turris through 23 24. They have Victor Arvidsson through 23 24. They've got Colton Sissons for eternity. Uh, Roman Yossi. Yeah, and that's the best one, I think. Roman Yossi is at least the one I think that will age fine. The uh-huh. rest of them, oh. You signed a core that didn't. That's, this is what would have happened with the Blues if we hadn't have won the Cup, let's say, last year. We get bounced in the first... Oh. We get bounced in the second round. We lose overtime to the Dallas Stars, and then we make all the exact same decisions. We get Justin Falk. We sign Shen to a long-term mm. deal. We are the Nashville Predators mm. if we don't win the Cup, because it's just... This is what happened. They are the nightmare that I thought the Blues were going to be looking at it. They've signed all these fuckers, and they haven't won a cup. Mm-hmm. And they're not going and to win a cup. they're not going to do it all, no. They've, made, they've closed the window they for an extended period of time. Ian, John Hines was the coach they had to have. Yeah, he was turning that ship around. Mm, yes. Parcel tongue and all. <laughs> he was the Avada Kedavra. Yeah, he killed the team. <laughs> Mikhail Grandling killed this game with a oh. shot that trickled through Allen's five hole because why would you try to guard that off the rebound? The Blues, they tried real hard. They really oh, tried. they tried oh, so they hard tried. at the end. So they were good. man, they were one goal away from that's, winning. That's right, and they were Two one goal away when the game ended too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this felt like a game we were never going to win. It was a Saturday matinee game, and guess what? We didn't. Did we win any of the games we talked about this week? We didn't. Are we on a five-game just straight-up losing streak? I think so. Some of them are OT well, losses, that's true. So Batman losing streak doesn't count. <laughs> since, since January 15th, the Blues are last in the penalty kill with 66.7, so exactly two of three. Since January 1st, the Blues' save percentage is 8th. 
60. Not good. And the last time the Blues didn't allow three goals or more in a game was against the Anaheim Ducks at a game you and I attended together with Jeff, uh, Gift Jeff, uh, on January 13th. Was there a fourth person? Who's the fourth person? My roommate. Your roommate. Okay. I was like blank and I was like three of us. That seems weird. Uh, so this team is in crisis. I, I, I don't think it's possible to overreact. I do not think this is what people want to say it is and that this is just a team slumping. I don't know what it is. I don't have a better explanation than that, I guess. But this is more than a slump. This is basically two months of crap play. And here's the thing. I said it a lot earlier in this season when we struggled. If you go first to worst to first, you can go back. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, you I can agree. go the other direction. The Your w- team hasn't substantially changed since We then. had the win against Carolina, uh-huh. which we kind of like let a couple goals in late. Didn't look great defensively overall, despite the fact it was 6-3. Uh, we had our overtime win, shootout win against the Flames, mm-hmm. and the game itself was back and forth and not played overly well. And after that was, yeah, the, the Ducks game Basically, that we went to. didn't we win... Something like 16 of 20 this season because we won like eight in a row and then lost three. And we won, won like eight in a row. We won eight in a row, lost three, then won four, and then this started. And then in our last whatever, however many games is, 11, we've the won the fourth of two? those the Anaheim game? Correct, yep. Okay. Because so that was the one where we won at home. We hadn't lost our home winning streak yet. Mm-hmm. We had lost our winning streak, but we won our home winning streak. Okay. Or so losing streak, we've won 12 streak. of 15, basically. Mm-hmm. So if you remove that stretch from this season, we're a very different team. <laughs> but you can't. I mean, we won those games. That counts. Mm-hmm. Those points still count. But, like, I don't know. Where's your panic level at? Uh, I don't... I don't know. I don't know. Panic level's not the right word, because I always didn't think this team was winning the Cup again this No, year. yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They're kind <laughs> like, of... They've gone a little lower in terms of my expectations like right now mm-hmm. like you're not you shouldn't be this bad mm-hmm. but also they're kind of they've slowly returned to what i thought they'd be which is a fine, a fine team that's probably and i'm not trying to give them too much you know uh rope here is like they're fatigued you know they played whatever mm-hmm. that was 82 games plus <laughs> I only thought you said you were trying not to give them too much Robespierre, and I was like, okay, that's yeah, going to be very know. revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I want to look at the standings here. So, oh yeah, we lost the ONOT, so these are updated. So we are still in first in the Central with, uh, what is that, 74 points. Colorado is currently playing, I believe, mm. and they're right behind us with 72 points. And if they win tonight, they will have played one less game than us. So they will take first. Honestly, I don't give a shit about winning the Central. I don't give a shit about winning, you know, President's Trophy, any of that crap, whatever. No big deal. How far ahead are, where, where are the Bruins at right now? Or is it the Lightning? I guess it's the Lightning again. Uh, right? Boston, well, Lightning are one behind Boston in terms of points, but Boston's leading the league with 84. And we have 70? We have 74. So oh, well, we're not. So not out of reach theory. No, no, but I I doubt that. I don't that care. Part. I mean, you're I right. see us winning the obviously winning the central a lot easier than winning the president's oh, yeah. trophy. But so we're at seventy four points in first place of the central. Colorado behind us was seventy two in second place. Dallas in third with seventy one points, and then after that, where's our wild card at? 
Oh boy. Okay. So I guess we're pretty, we're pretty much fine. Calgary in the first wild card spot with sixty six. Arizona in the second with sixty four. Yeah. I mean, we're not. I don't think we're falling out. But we lost to Nashville, who has sixty three points and isn't even in the playoffs right now. They should have sixty one because we should have beaten them. Yeah, we're about to lose again to Nashville tomorrow too. Oh, uh, tomorrow's gonna be a blowout, baby. Yep. I tell you what, it's gonna be a six one drubbing. Yep. Zach Sanford's gonna get his, his lone goal, <laughs> and it's just gonna be a drubbing because. I haven't seen anything different. That's my. I think that's my biggest concern. I haven't seen this team perform any different in these last handful of games. You know what bothered me about today, and we didn't really talk about it going through, but like they did a lot of what I felt like they were doing last season when we were bad, where it's like I get we don't have any answers right now, so I guess we'll punch people. That yes, you know that's the worst part is we started with a fight in a matinee game at home because yeah. we needed it. But it wasn't like it wasn't like oh f- I fucking hate the Predators like Braden Shen. Mm. I, I forget who it was. It Yarn Croak. No, it was um, Forsberg. Forsberg. Yeah, it wasn't like Braden Shen wasn't like I hate Philip Forsberg. No, they were literally just Love doing him. the regular. He wasn't yeah. even looking at him when he cross checked no, him. Yeah, and it's just like God, don't. You're the Stanley Cup champions. I know. If you need a fight, self-respect. If you need the fight at home in front of your crowd on 2 p.m. in the afternoon to get up for the game against like a a rival, granted a rival that's not doing very well this year, but a a central rival nonetheless, a rival that beat you in back-to-back games earlier this season, Uh and is probably going to do it again. And that's it. That's weird. That's the only time we played Nashville. Back to back, back to back. The end. Kind of hot. But, like, that's, you need that. And mm-hmm. then you tried it, and it didn't work. You still didn't get up for the fucking game. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, And they did, like, they had, like, two or three fights of varying degrees of They're playing, like, plugs, to be quite honest. Like, just, yeah. like, a bunch of goons. Well, it's like, if, again, two, I have kind of two views on this. And it was like, if you just, like, went from six to midnight when... Bowmeister went down, I would have more sympathy, you know, mm-hmm. if you were just like suddenly terrible because it's like, oh, we're all really shaken. We don't know what to do. He's a team leader. He's gone. But this team was bad before Bowmeister went down. And in fact, you know, they were they were just scuffling on the penalty kill and defensively some of the areas Bowmeister would theoretically be a, a, penal, a contributor in. And that's not, you know, because of what happened to him in any way, mm-hmm. as far as we know. But, like, they were, you know, it wasn't like even he was being the best that he can be right before that happened. The whole team was crappy. So it's like, you know, I have less sympathy for him now, but on the same on the same kind of opposite side of the same coin, it's like if, if he's down, if that's your thing, then, like, why aren't you, like, more motivated? Mm-hmm. Why isn't this, like, a Rudy moment, you know, <laughs> where it's like win one for the Gipper, you know? Like... Why can't you go out and use that as fuel and motivation? And I don't know what drives this team because it's, you know, it feels like that same sort of, I don't, I don't want to over, Do it. I don't want to overreact, but it does feel like that same sort of thing where like when they were really bad last year, you remember how like depressing it was when Tarasenko was doing the, like, we can't come out and play like this in front of the fans you know, and it, it like it does feel like that same sort of thing a little bit where it's like, what's your identity then? Like, why are you playing this badly? The mm. players are obviously not this bad. So why is the team 
this bad right now and what needs to change to make the team not this bad right now because nothing substantively has happened oscar sunquist is out he's a huge part i get that but he shouldn't be this huge a part and if oscar sunquist is this huge a part of your team pay him lots and lots more money you know but like (laughs) great then that contract we gave him is phenomenal but Mm -hmm. like especially if as it looks like maybe is the case, he's going to be a little injury prone. You can't turn back into a pumpkin every time he hits the injured reserve. You know, like, I don't know what's going on. And I think it's, to me, and I know a lot of people on Twitter disagree, but to me it's a little past the point of like, oh, they're just in a slump, you know. They're, they're yeah. still the Stanley Cup champions. They're still going to be just fine. I, I think we're past that personally. And I think... You know, the idea of taking this team and going to get Chris Kreider or whoever, Tyler Toffoli, I don't care. Like, that's lunacy to me right now. Yeah, they're, those guys aren't saving this team. Bowman, or uh, Armstrong, we had that quote we talked about from him, which we both really like, I think, where he said something to the effect of, you know, I don't tell the team if they're getting reinforcements at the deadline, they tell me. Mm-hmm. You know, because basically, like, if they play well enough to earn added support then i will go and get it for them but right now to me they're not and i hope he lives and dies by that maxim this year too you know because as i've said in other on twitter another problem with this year is like if chris Kreider happens to be the best rental this year Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you need to play pay a plus prices for a b plus contributor Mm -hmm. he's not artemi panarin he's not matt duchene he's not Taylor Hall, who you already didn't trade Jordan Cairo for, you know? So why would you go out and trade, uh, even if it's not Cairo, a first and Tyler Tucker, Mm -hmm. Scott Perunovich, whoever, why would you go out and trade anything of that magnitude for Kreider if he's not going to be the fix? And right now he is not. Yeah, what I was... He's not doing anything more than Zach Samford's currently doing, you know, like... Mm-hmm. Not that he couldn't, he will probably be a better, more consistent player than Samford over a 40 game stretch. Mm-hmm. But like right now, he's not going to be doing any more than Samford's doing now, and we're losing. So I was like, to speak to that too. So you have depth scoring. I mean, Samford should be kind of your depth. I know he plays on like the second line, mm-hmm. generally with O'Reilly and Perron. But you have your guys up front going completely cold too. I know we haven't really been had problems scoring necessarily really it should be talking about the defense and the fact that we do need help on the left side i think if you're going to make any trade quite honestly that's the trade you make Mm -hmm. and i'm obviously not selling the farm to get somebody on the left side but if alc martinez is there sure why not you you need depth anyways in the playoffs and we need and we desperately need it right now in the regular season Mm -hmm. so go out and get it if you can but so yeah to me i would say a penalty killer mm -hmm. forward and a left-handed defenseman are a much bigger concern than a goal scorer. Yeah. Because either, here's the thing, either Tarasenko comes back or he doesn't, and either way you're kind of bone. You know, like either you have your best goal scorer or you don't, but you're not mm-hmm. going to get Tarasenko by trading for Chris Kreider, you know? And your goal scorers have gone, like, fucking cold because, let's see, I'm looking at this now, Braden Shen, his last 10 games, has two goals? Three goals? It looks like he got three goals. He got one today. Yeah, and then he's got four of them. Yeah, so Schwartz then has, I believe, two or three goals in his last ten games as well. He's been pretty ghostly. Yeah, Ryan O'Reilly out there with assists, but zero goals for that dude. Like, let me even see. I think it might be... 
He's had the last goal he had was against Winnipeg when I was at Winnipeg, and he said he had a three assist game against Carolina. A lot of people had a lot of points against Carolina. Mm. It was a big scoring game. But other than that, like these dudes are cold. Steen had that period where he was kind of hot and mm-hmm. he's invisible again, which again that's sort of fine for him. But like, yeah, it's worrisome. It's really worrisome. And then, you know, it bothers me all the more that in situations like that. We still have to play the, well, you know, Jordan Kyrie turned the puck over, so he better go sit on the fourth line and get seven minutes tonight game. Like Exactly, you've yeah. you got one, one or two guys on this team who you don't, A, you don't know exactly what they are, and B, they could be the solution to one of your very obvious problems, and yet we've still got to do the, well, but he's got to, you know, he's got to get a slap on the wrist every time he makes a little boo-boo, and it's just... That sort of stuff bothers me, but um, so we've got like twenty. It looks like twenty three games left because the Anaheim game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we play Nashville tomorrow. We play New Jersey on Tuesday. I'll be at that game. So Jesus Christ, please be a win again. Also against New Jersey. So come on, uh, Arizona in town on Thursday. Then we play at Dallas, at Minnesota. As I guess not really back to backs, but on the road. Next weekend, we Arizona on Thursday because they own us, mm-hmm. so that's a loss. Yeah, that's great. Yep. So and I and I don't see us. I don't see Dallas playing down to us, mm-hmm. up to us, whatever. They're going to be ready to play Minnesota. I think another team is going to be ready to play. After that, it's the Blackhawks, and then you get some extended games against uh, teams in the East. But it's like I don't Here's know. The thing, nobody's sleeping on you. Mm. Even if you're struggling, you're still the defending Stanley Cup champion. That's my least favorite thing, too, is they will talk about that all the time. Like, Bruby and stuff. Like, yeah, you know, they get up for the, they get up to play the champions or whatever. And I was like, like and then I talked. can't you get up to be the champion? Yeah, I was like, okay, you know that happens. Then prepare yeah. for it. It's, uh, you know you're going to be getting that every night. I get you're going to have off nights. I'm not asking you to, like, just be it. Honestly, at this point, just be 500. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of all you needed with the big cushion you gave yourself going into the new year. You just need to be 500. You need to get maybe hot at the end of the year. I wanted to look at, like, some stats of teams that have won the Cup in the past and how hot they were going into it. Because, really, you just have to be hot at the end. So, that's fine. This losing streak is fine if you're going to pull out of it and not be in a nosedive going to the playoffs because if you are in a nosedive i've written you off i mean i'll watch your games but i've written you off again i don't i never came into this season expecting or particularly wanting a repeat like obviously you want a repeat i do but like also oh he's gonna uh, fight against winning the cup no no like also i'm not devastated if i don't have to sweat bullets every other night from you want May that to June. you want you like that. that uh but but yeah that's true part i will admit part of me just doesn't want the torture and i'm like oh second round exit well you did your best yeah. guys or, thank but goodness that's the thing. but like to me it's fine if second round exit tough series with the avalanche fine mm-hmm. first round exit because you're shitty the whole half the second half of the year not fine it does Even make you worry fatigued. going into the season, second season after the cup. We talked about this off air, but like this season is really connected to the cup because it's all we're the defending cup champions. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the epilogue to everything that was the the book beforehand. You know the prologue and all that. Once this season is over, though, like it's a stark, it's a it's a cut 
Mm-hmm. Especially if you know you don't repeat. It's uh, fuck. I don't know. It's Tampa Bay wins the cup. You are no longer the cup champions. You, we can talk about it. We can we can love it so much. We can watch replays. You can tell your kids about it. It's all very good. Mm-hmm. You are no longer the champions. And I, unfortunately, folks, the NHL does not give a shit about St. Louis. So no one cares anymore. No one cares about your You're team anymore. Not the anymore. champions. You don't have the All Star yeah. game. You ain't first. You last. You maybe are the road team in a Winter Classic. Big cares. I've been this season. That is the ep- it's the epilogue it's mm-hmm. like in red dead redemption a game i just finished you play the main campaign of red dead redemption 2 and that is the prequel to red dead redemption 1 and then there are two epilogues and those bring you up to where red dead 1 starts yeah this you, is the epilogue this you, is the like <laughs> this is the fun little crazy part where you're just like yeah hopping around on the prairie doing all this you know barn work and stuff barn work. <laughs> but like That's, next season yeah. it starts and the pinkertons are knocking on your door and I, you know how that goes i was like you turn off the game and you put in rocket league and you get scored Red on Dead six redemption is a universal analogy that everybody gets uh yeah it's it, it's a cause for concern Mm-hmm. A big cause for concern, and I think we can move on to some of our league topics here, and s- probably circle back. Uh, but yeah, I'm not uh, not thrilled. Mm-hmm. So moving on from that to some other league news, leagues, league goings on. The were a couple big trades in the last week as we get closer to uh, the trade deadline, which is when. You that's, can't trade anymore. Yeah, after that, no more trades. <laughs> that's, how, that's how that works. That's the one rule. Uh, <laughs> this one feels like ages and ages and ages ago. Toronto traded Trevor Moore, a third-round pick, a conditional third-round pick that will probably be a second-round pick, uh, to the LA Kings for Kyle Clifford and Jack Campbell. Uh, the Maple Leafs address their most desperate need, adding backup goalie Jack Campbell. Kyle Clifford is probably old dusted, mm. but he's a leader and he's gritty and he's got that cup experience. Mm. And former client of agent Kyle Dubas. So, oh, yeah. Mm, real questionable. But <laughs> tampering. Camp- There's been tampering. <laughs> That's right. Campbell had a terrific 2018 19 in his first real season in the league and he has struggled to recapture that this season in 2018-19 he went 10-14-1 because even though he was good the king still sucked mm-hmm. at a 9.28 save percentage oh, wow. and a 230 goals against average and 15.16 goals saved above average in 2019-20 he had he went 8-10-2 with a 900 save percentage and a 285 goals against average and was minus 484 so obviously he has a lot to improve on he was thrust right right into the limelight though because frederick anderson was hurt and so he had to make all the starts and he's been pretty okay so Mm -hmm. far but that's a big ad for them uh the condition on that pick is that if campbell starts six games and the maple leafs make the playoffs the pick becomes a second so it's pretty likely at this Mm -hmm. point that that's going to happen uh even so uh it's it seems like a big price but it's still just picks in a bottom six player who was sort of squeezed out. I think it's a good deal by the Kings to get value for things that don't have a lot of value. Mm-hmm. Although Campbell's got decent term on his deal. Uh, and um, because the Maple Leafs make everything else about them, why don't we make this about us and say, yeah. is there a Jake Allen market now? If Jack, if Jack Campbell on a bad season can fetch you this kind of a return. Uh, if someone's willing to give us 
something for Jake Allen, and by, and I don't mean just anything, but like a fair return, which I think would be I don't similar. even know. Yeah, Probably similar. Right. Oh yeah, you know what? I'm of the mind that I say hell if we can just get picks for Jake Allen, but they're substantial, you know, second round or third round or whatever. And maybe some middling prospect. Cool. I mean, oh shit, three parts for a goalie? <laughs> Hell yeah, that's like a huge win. But I don't know. I there might be a market for Jake Allen, but I don't think we're trading them. Mm, yeah. Well, I we're probably not by the deadline, but it's oh a yeah, contractual yeah, yeah. reality that we should do it before next season. Steven, that's going to be a talking point for you next season because uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, you're right. I'm going to have to Jesse right. Blake you on this. Steven, next year when the Blues start and Bennington's hurt, Jake Allen will be uh, in net. Tasty. Pittsburgh Penguins also made a trade. You want me to talk about this or would you like to? I can talk about it. If my if the computer will move. It's moving. It's moving. We're good. We're back. We're back in action. Yes, the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins acquired Jason Zucker from the uh, Minnesota Wild. Pittsburgh had been eyeing Zucker for the last couple of years there. And he was... Zucker's discontented wife. Oh, yeah. She's not she's happy. She's contented now. Oh, she's okay. They're gone from the wild. But... Well, they were a big, they were a big um, outreach family, I guess mm-hmm. you'd call it, up there. Like I think they had a, a fund in his name. They did a lot with, I don't think it was with sick children up there and everything. And so it's, it's too bad that he had to go and go to another team. But maybe it's kind of like P.K. Subban, who I think a lot of his charity... Still helps out people in Montreal, and mm-hmm. you know has a whole hospital or a wing of a hospital named after him. And so maybe Zucker will still be involved with Minnesota in some I hope way. So. Yeah, that'd be really nice. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh have been eyeing Zucker for the last couple of years. He was in a potential trade for Phil Kessel this summer. That Kessel reportedly next. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Good so point. they've been looking at him for a while. Zucker is a speedy left winger who Pittsburgh's GM Jim Rutherford sees playing on Crosby's left wing. Seeing as Jake Gensel's out right now. What a phenomenal That's hot. promotion. I know. You're going to play with Sidney Crosby. <laughs> you were a Minnesota Wild. Now you get to play on Sidney Crosby's left wing. Mm-hmm. He had two goals the other night. On his, I think, of the second game there. Decent. Really? Start, Damn. Yeah. I've, I've, it didn't even register with me that he's actually played games now mm-hmm. there as a as a penguin. He played 456 games with the, with the Wild. He scored 132 goals and 111 assists. He's had 14 goals and 15 assists in his 45 games this season with the Wild. So, like you said, doing even better or doing really good here in Pittsburgh already. Zucker has three more years on his contract after the season with a cap hit of $5.5 million. So, really, a pretty good contract for a guy that you're having play with. Uh, Sidney Crosby, who can probably slot in with Malkin, too. I think it's a great pickup for them. Minnesota receives Alex Galchenyuk, defensive prospect Callan Addison, and a conditional 2020 first-round pick. Galchenyuk struggled in Pittsburgh, registering only five goals in 45 games. He never found chemistry as Malkin's winger. I'm surprised they tried that and ended up being placed on the fourth line. Minnesota receives a little more cap flexibility with Galchenyuk making Galchenyuk making 4.9 million and becoming UFA after the season, as opposed to Zucker, who was on the books for two more years after this, along with 5.5 million. Addison is an offensive-minded defenseman prospect and uh, was the Penguins' top prospect, I believe. He would be a great power play quarterback someday for Minnesota, but I don't really know what that look is in terms of development right now. And then the condition on the first-round pick is that if Pittsburgh misses the playoffs this year, which is unlikely, uh, they keep the pick. I'm assuming that turns into a 2021 first-round pick. 
uh, next year mm-hmm. if they were so to uh, miss the playoffs, but it will be this year. I've had various thoughts about this, that both teams won this trade mm-hmm. and lost this trade, which probably just means it's a fine trade, yeah. right? But, like, two thoughts predominate. First of all, I'm tired of this stuff where a, a guy stuff. leaves a t- place... Mm-hmm. becomes a GM elsewhere and immediately turns around and trades with that team that he just left. Oh, that yeah, seems yeah. a little bit like Dirty Pool to me. Bill Guerin. Bill Guerin did it, and Paul Fenton did it last year in Minnesota, which you would have thought mm-hmm. they would have learned from that specifically. But, you know, it is it is what it is. But that is always kind of suspicious to me off the top. The other thing I don't get here is, like, Minnesota is the Titanic, right? And it has been for seasons now Mm -hmm. and like why has it been for and for a while that they were like jason zucker's the guy that's gotta go Mm -hmm. even though he's like i would say probably their best forward maybe eric stahl's been he's been pretty good yeah but that's still pretty bad when your best forward's like like a 40 year old yeah dude 48 uh (laughs) but like yeah like and now matt dumba it's like okay fine like good you're finally rebuilding commit to getting futures because you're not really relevant until those parise sutter contracts are done which by the way reached their halfway point around christmas oh boy um i think so you know like go ahead and build for the future that's great but like i just don't i don't know man like minnesota's in such a weird place and i think they're just it's the reality that that team is screwed as long as they have those contracts. Mm-hmm. But they don't have their head coach anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing. Uh, Bill Guerin came out after this trade and said, if we, if we detect any quit from this team, there will be more trades. Which is <laughs> like, okay. And then they went out and shut out their next opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Daylock had a shutout against their next opponent. And then... Their next, I assume their next game, just trying to remember the amount of time that mm-hmm. passed, was like a 4-3 overtime loss to New York. Shootout loss, and that's, yeah. Oh, shootout loss. And yes. that's when they were finally like, now nah, we've had about enough of Bruce Boudreaux. Now, Who, by the way, was cutting interviews towards the end of last season, mm-hmm. talking about his successor in the job as yeah. like a formality. <laughs> like, when you talk to the next guy who replaces me next season, whoever's here next year, it's like... So, I don't know. Like, Bruce Boudreaux, not the problem in Minnesota. Steven, uh, would you care to guess what their team save percentage was? Oh, uh, very bad. I know Dubnik's been terrible this year. I'm going to say 893. I just asked you that, and now i got to find it. Wait for uh, it. It's coming. Play the music. What? <laughs> oh, don't serenade them with uh, Jeremy Renner music. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is just a freebie right here. Go look up. Don't look up Jeremy Renner's music. Well, maybe look it up for the point of reference. But Jeremy Renner recorded music videos. And now you have to look up Chris D'Elia's reaction to Jeremy Renner's music video because it's fantastic. Uh, Ian, have you found the team save percentage? It's fucking gone. No, it's here. It is. It's point eight nine seven. Oh, but still sub nine hundred. Shitty goaltending. Coach gets fired. 
Uh, they need they need Rick's to get rid of him anyways. I mean, yeah, I mean that whole team's a it's, it's dumpster. It's and, a dumpster. And what's his face is still out there? You can pick up real quick. The, uh, oh, Gallant. Yeah, Gallant. Yeah. Thank you. That's yeah, sure. The other G. They need to get uh, what's his name over here. They don't have Pod Colson. Who's there? Is that Kaprizov? <laughs> Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah, Kirill uh, Kaprizov. <laughs> that's right. And you know, I don't know if uh, who's the guy. I can't think of the guy they drafted this year. Not Liam Foodie. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, that's gonna drive me nuts. I'll think of it. Yeah, just get them all in there. Put them all on the lineup. But like they they they're doing they're moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I if Dumba if there's a big <laughs> haul out there yeah. for him, go trade him. You're I, not gonna win. I love You're irrelevant. I love that they had Ron Hextall as one of their GM, like one of the possible GMs they have. It was Hextall or Garen. And they went with Garen because they thought ownership thought Hextall was like too trigger happy. Basically, he's like, "Yo, we need to like sell Matthew Bold." Oh, there you go. He's like, "We need to sell off everybody, mm-hmm. and we need to start over now." And Bill Garen was like, "Yo, I don't know. Let's see." And like, well, we'll go with Bill Garen because we like to hear that. He sounds like we'll be competitive. And here comes the fire sale. And I mean, I get things changed throughout the year. Maybe they weren't. They're obviously not as good as they hoped they'd be. But like. You knew if you were ownership, unless you were disconnected with what your team was doing, like you knew that this was going to happen. You have to. All of your best players are crazy old, mm-hmm. and eventually they will retire or be gone or just be bad. Event Eric Stahl is eventually going to just not want to play anymore. Koivu is ancient. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Parise, 35, contracted through 2025. <laughs> Zuccarello, 32, contracted through 2024. Koivu, one year, this is the final year of his deal, is 36. Now they've got Alex Galchenyuk for some reason. Victor Rask for three more years at $4 million. Eric Stahl is 35. And on defense, it's Ryan Sutter, 35. Matt Dumba's 25. And Jared Spurgeon, who they just gave ages and ages to, is 30. And I know people love Jared Spurgeon. I don't see paying him $70.5 million plus per year for the next eight, seven, eight years when he's already 31. I don't get that. Dubnik is 33 and Staylock's 32. Like, that team is a retirement community, which is nice because there's lots of lakes nearby. And old people love lakes. <laughs> but, uh... It's just, I, yeah, it's just tear it down. If Dumba, oh. you you trade Dumba this year if you get a haul for mm. him. If you get, you know, one of these, like, do do not go trade Dumba for Casperi Kapanen. That's not mm. good enough. Oh, you need futures. You don't need a say, pretty good forward. He feels more like if you want to get a good deal done, that's a summer deal. That's not yeah, a, or like probably. at the draft that's deal. That's like a massive deal. Yeah, it that's should not. be. Don't, You'd be foolish. I mean, do it now if the if the offer comes up. I know. I just feel like it's not going to be good. But yeah, I agree. Um, if we lose to this team next whatever Sunday, Monday when we play them, fucking tire fire this blues team yeah. you cannot lose to that retirement group speaking of tire fires and this is a thing i completely forgot happened and <laughs> in the midst of all the bowmeister stuff uh the blues are once again on the hunt for a new ahl team we had one we had one we just had one for one of our seasons as mm-hmm. a podcast mm-hmm. and here we are again back in we've cursed our AHL familiar situation. waters yep. 
Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights stole the Blues AHL affiliate. Not the first time we've written this, that headline <laughs> or a similar one. News broke on Thursday that Vegas had agreed to purchase the San Antonio Rampage from the Spurs ownership group. The goal is to move them to Nevada, first to Vegas and eventually to Henderson. The Blues, who were in year two of a five-year partnership with the Rampage, are now shit out of luck. Uh, the Seattle expansion team has already been awarded an expansion franchise in Palm Springs, California. The Blues will remain with the Rampage through the end of the season, but will then be rebuilding their AHL program from the ground up for the ter- third time in like five years. Presently, the Chicago Wolves, I suppose, are the only unspoken for AHL team mm-hmm. because that's who Vegas just left. Uh, I mean, you know, or we'll leave at the end of the season. That's not happening. Yeah, they've the already said the they Wolves don't like each other. are pretty acrimonious to mm-hmm. begin with. And you don't want that anyway because the Wolves are a bitch to deal with because they want, they're like a successful franchise as mm-hmm. an AHL team. So they want to manage the players on the ice more than you would like them to as like mm-hmm. an, a, you know, as like a development, development team. Yeah. So, uh, they don't have the best history, but then what happens? You've got to figure out a way to s- grab someone else's AHL team and m- let them move to Chicago, and it's just a whole big mess, and I don't know who's going to do that. You need to buy an AHL mm. team. Basically, Tom Stillman, he's got all his cup money. I was like, yeah, you with that cup go money, out there, come on, Go buddy. friggin' buy an AHL team so this crap can't happen to you again. I don't know legally how they're just allowed to like, well, rip the bandaid off. This mm-hmm. is we're sold now. I mean, I guess they must have had a clause in that contract to be like, well, ownership changes. Yeah, it's, I mean, I suppose it's legal. But if that was a possibility, you should have bought the Spurs. Mm-hmm. You know, the whatever they are. Well, watching, well, watching, while listening to the Spit and Chicklets podcast where they interviewed Bennington, mm-hmm. and so I said watching because I watch it on YouTube. And they interviewed him. I've forgotten to go back. They talked to him a lot about how he felt about getting shipped to Boston because there wasn't an AHL team for him. Yeah, I I thought about it when I said that. I did not mean it. I'm so sorry. I fucking hate that song. Uh, Did you say Boston? And then it's like, there you go. I'm like, shit. Um, Yeah, he pretty much was very cut and dry about how much he hated that that this had to be a move. And I get that was him personally. Cause he was, he was whatever, 24, 25 at the time had already been in the AHL bounced around, was going to get sent down to the ECHL. And he was like, no fucking way. I don't want that. Basically what I'm saying is I don't want that to happen to another player because we were lucky that it worked out for Bennington in the long run, but I can see another player having this be like a burr on another challenge. Like, fuck it. I'm like, I'm not dealing with this shit. I'm asking for a trade. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that to happen to any of our prospects, especially ones, you know, obviously ones you think are going to work out. You need to have some control over your development. And I get why we sold off the Rivermen to start with. It was because Blues just got bought by Stillman. He needs to cut costs. So it's like, just screw it. We're going to get rid of the AHL team. But now, like you said, you've made all your cup money. Buy a team. I don't even know how this fucking works. Can you just buy the Rivermen and promote them to the yeah, AHL again? I don't again? have any idea what the deal is in terms of like, because the, the Wolves are like a flagship AHL franchise. Could there in theory be 33 AHL teams? Mm-hmm. I have no idea how or these like, numbers work out. You know, like I don't get any of that. So that's, you know, the, the, the kind of going the ground movement groundswell of support is for a team in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense to me. It seems like a no-brainer. I'm all for it. 
I, I've heard some other people that are like, don't think that's very likely to happen. Mm. I don't know. I just don't know the situation well enough. There are people arguing for a return to St. Charles, which is like, no. St. Charles? Yeah, I don't know this whole story, but like, I don't think the Blues should be struggling to sustain a second team in this limited market instead of yeah, generating interest in a that brand new like a team failure. elsewhere and also if you're one of the people saying oh they should put them in st charles are you saying that because you'd really go to games or are you just saying that because it'd be a fun option here we go here we go it's late enough in the podcast okay. if you live in st charles Move. fuck you <laughs> Do I believe Say more. Do I believe that in my bones? No. Do I do I believe that in my bones? Yes. yes. <laughs> like, is, that, is that it? I don't know. I ain't living on either side of the rivers. I'm in the middle. I ain't going across the Mississippi and Illinois. I'm not going across the Missouri and the fucking St. Charles County. I ain't. I'm gonna live in Jeffco before I go to either side. You feel me? I'll die in Jeffco. I'll drive the oh, three you will. miles. You yeah. certainly will. I'll drive the three miles south to go die in Jeffco. No offense to our St. Oh, Charles yeah. audience. Oh, no. Full offense. offense. Full offense. I thought you were going to say no offense to Jeffco. Oh, oh, full offense to Jeffco, too. You know what you're doing. You know, you live in Jeffco. It's not news to you. Folks, we're in prestigious West County here. I ain't gonna go. I ain't gonna. speeding down I 55 in the back of a Chevy. Oh, sorry. You're gonna kill the illusion. (laughs) I'm not going into the mud pits with any of the rest of y'all. That's right. And St. Charles, though, they want a hockey team in St. Charles because they're tired of driving all the way down to the Enterprise Center to watch the boys. I'm sure. Yeah, that's the thing. Don't you feel like you're on the island out there? You know what what pisses me off about St. Charles people? (laughs) They moved out there and then they expect you to come to them. Yeah. None of my, all of my St. Charles friends, they're like, God forbid I go as far as Chesterfield Valley. Mm. And it's, oh, you're right. Okay. St. Charles, even though, you know, I'm moving pretty soon and I've thought about it, but it can suck a boot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Real talk. Real Uh talk. Tell me. I don't know if we've talked about this at all. Well, we've talked about this. I don't know if we talked about the podcast. Real talk. If you live in Newtown, either you... Yeah, um, stop listening. Either stop listening to this podcast or send for help. If you live in Newtown, you are in a Jordan Peele movie. Yeah, currently, <laughs> currently, you need to run, not walk. Run, run, run to that that church in the middle that oh, has a no. steeple. Run far away from no, that. I'm saying you burn it uh, okay. and then you leave. You it doesn't leave. have a steeple as a radio you spire. You can't deliver mail to your house. You've got to go to the post office. Mm-hmm. It's a oh, it's a dark, 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 dark place. It's it's full of evil <laughs> and atrocities. The lesser atrocities. <laughs> look, when Amazon will come to me on my doorstep, and you're gonna look me in the face and go get out the fucking house and go to the post office. Fuck you. Yeah, go. You gotta you gotta run because that is nightmare that is a nightmare land and you know what a swinger's paradise i'm told <laughs> yeah. a nightmare Rem- land so we've expressed our strong opinions <laughs> on saint charles and uh, newtown newtown it, here's the thing if you live in saint charles fuck you you made that very clear but if you <laughs> live in newtown and you want to move elsewhere in saint charles all for it all for it that's so much of an improvement you know that's You've like, helped yourself like fifth ring of hell is pretty bad but if you're in the eighth ring of hell and you get to move up Great, you're fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
I tell you, when I go to Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, baby, I'm I'm already a little worried. I'm getting too close <laughs> to the <laughs> fucking too, river. That's not not comfortable. Uh, Ian, where someone asked me one time to meet them at Mid Rivers Mall, and I said, "Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> Are you serious?" <laughs> Meet them to go where? I know. I was like, what's... No. <laughs> Never. Might as well be like, you want to meet me on the fucking surface of on the, the sun? Yeah, I'm just like, come come on over. Oh, come no. on over. Anyway, sorry. Yep. What's that song? Hmm? Is that train? Anyway. Sure. Sure. It's all, Drops of it's Jupiter? It's all a train. Yeah. It's all a train uh, all the way down. But yeah, with the blues, just like, go get a team. Fix this shit. It, this is ticky-tack bullshit. And it makes us look bad mm-hmm. that you've done this twice. And like, your Bennington story. Like, miracle that that worked out. Shouldn't have been. Shouldn't have happened. Shit, dude. He talked about, and Bennington kind of nodded and was sort of like, oh, I don't know. Or maybe I didn't hear much about it. I think, uh... Bissonette basically talked about it. Not like, the hey. biggest truth bomb. He'd drop this. Before. Yeah. <laughs> but Bissonette said something about, like, wasn't it true? He's like that, like, you were, so you're on that Boston AHL team and Boston saw you play, you know, their higher ups. Like, oh, we really like this kid. But they were basically trying to get a trade done to get you. What the fuck would that have been? I mean, no cup, obviously, but what the fuck would that have oh been? God. What if they, like, what would they have offered? They're... That would have been, like, Ian, that would have been, like, their equivalent of like Nathan Walker mm-hmm. for like Jordan Bennington. And you and I would have given it 30 seconds on the phone. Yeah, like whatever. I'm like, okay, Bennington is gone. Yeah. And that would have been it. And, and not, that would have been it. That's what I mean. They wouldn't have won because they had Jordan Bennington. No, they would have said two carass. Yeah. They were asking no we, we would have lost because we didn't have Jordan Bennington. Oh, what a weird alternate reality that was. Sounds very close to have happened. Oh my god. Oh, okay. So yeah, get an AHL team. Chris Pronger's number's being retired. Do we have more stuff to say? Do we have more stuff to talk about? Uh, De- trade deadline's know. just over a week away. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about this for a second. Let's look at the trade bait. Ooh, I love, man, I love trade to... bait. I love, I love bait. Do you want the TSN trade bait? The hockey trade bait Yeah, list? give me the bait board. Oh, yeah, baby. I'm oh, big yeah. on the bait board. NHL skater profile. Number one, Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider will be a what, Stephen, on come Monday Ooh, evening? Uh, Chris Kreider will be a Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, why not? On Monday evening. I feel like that team would load up. Just like, let's load up. The uh, left defenseman that might be available. Mm-hmm. Let's start there. Alec Martinez is number two on the trade bait list, which seems high. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, 32 years old, week, cup experience. Class. He scored a cup winning goal once. Oh, yeah. Nine goals or nine uh, points. <laughs> That's a big difference. I would <laughs> love the Blues to take a run at John Gabriel Pajot. I don't think it's going to happen. But that'd that's, be cool. That's the forward I'm most interested in. Uh, Brendan Dillon's a left handed defenseman. And Shane Gostis Bear is on this list. I mean, we're not getting him mm. even if he's available. So, uh, let's what about look. Dylan DeMello? Ron Hainsey. Oh, please oh. don't. Doug. Can you imagine? He goes. He's looking at like the ages. He's like, "Well, our old guy's gone. We got to get an old guy." That was his logic earlier this season. Oh, Marco boy. Scandella. Those are your lefty D's. So you're really looking at Dylan and and. Uh, 
Oh, did you say Dylan DeMello? Because he's also on yeah, this list. Dylan DeMello. But he's a Who's he even right play for? defenseman, Ottawa. Oh, man, no wonder I don't know where the fuck he plays. He was part of the Eric Carlson trade. Really? Mm-hmm, I believe so. Hmm. Uh, Eric Carlson out for the rest of the season, so there oh, you yeah. go. That team's first-round pick is going to be great for Ottawa. How <laughs> could that have turned around to work yeah. for Ottawa? They're going to have, like, two top-five picks. Good for them. That team, I'm kind of like, I kind of ship the Senators a little mm-hmm. bit. I wish they weren't owned by a human pile of debris, but I kind of doubt Oh, them. I'd be down with them winning the Cup and something mm-hmm. just because the rest of Canada would be like, yeah. what the fuck? Some, some <laughs> no-name town oh, please, oh, please let Ottawa win it before any other team. Mm-hmm. Oh, in Canada, that's that would be great. <laughs> that would be how they break their like curse of not winning the Cup. Mm-hmm. Ottawa wins. Oh, love baby. it, love it, love it, love it. Sammy Votnin's on here. We don't need another righty defenseman. Mm-hmm. But what you know what Doug Armstrong says? Fuck it, why yeah, not? Yeah, probably Ilya Kovalchuk. We flirted with that in the past. Tyler Toffoli, Anthony D'Angelo's on the list. Which I mean, go get him if they're gonna trade him. Uh, Andreas Athanasiu is always on the list. Carolina's first round pick is number ten. <laughs> Whoever that man is, uh, Matt Dumba, Pavel Buchnevich. Derek Grant, Dylan DeMello, Joe Thornton, which I don't believe he's going to allow himself to be traded. He'll just sign another one-year deal. Mike Kaufman, Chris Tierney, Gostas Bear, Andreas Janssen, who's out for the season. Kapanen, Goodrow, Andre Cash, etc. Robert Bortuzzo's number 25. What? Oh, yeah, baby. Okay, sure. Yeah. Get, get us some Robert me, Bortuzzo. Get me that fifth-round conditional pick. Mm, tasty. Uh, but, yeah, I don't... I don't know. I get. Let's just close with this discussion. Yep. This team could use another score. Mm-hmm. If they are serious about contending, they need a left-handed defenseman, mm-hmm. and they need another penalty killer, so that when Oscar Sundquist leaves, it's not just. I guess we let a goal in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that's how this works. I. We talked about this before. I just don't do anything. <laughs> Stay still. Like if you yeah. can, if you can do it without giving up Cairo a first, Zach Zach Samford, like some of your big assets, or alternatively, if you can go off the board, mm-hmm. and you know if there's an ass, if there's a left-handed defenseman who's controlled, Gostas Bear, even you know just a guy like. I didn't see that coming. And then, you know, if you want to give up assets, fine, because you need lefties for the long haul. But I just don't understand. Then I don't, it just doesn't feel smart to me to try and go and get a, a rental when you're struggling this much. Mm-hmm. I agree. There's, there's no player that's going to patch this team up into being a just the number one contender and at this point you and i both think might as well just hold on to your futures and draft you know draft with them and everything we'll Mm -hmm. see what happens next year don't sell anybody especially when you're like we're gonna try and buy when our team's low you know it's like what are you gonna get for some of these players or some you know some of these picks and stuff when we're just not playing that well to start Mm -hmm. so and like you said doug armstrong does the whole uh, you know, the players tell me what to do at the deadline or inform me and with their play. And it's like, 
we're not playing overly great, and I agree. I think if he doesn't go out and get a left-handed defenseman, I think that's just more of a signal from him to us as fans that he's like, you know what, I don't know, whatever. I'm sure he's still got to say, hey, I believe in this team, but it's him not. It's him for once, I think, to us telling us, you know what, we'll just see what happens versus being like, oh, no, we're always contending for, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, going back and repeating because that's been the whole message this year is like oh no we're gonna do it because we're real serious about it like Elliot Freeman's even written stuff where he's like I think the Blues are super duper into like repeating again but I think if we don't do anything on the deadline that's Doug Armstrong for the first time getting ready to wave the white flag I'm like you know what fuck it we'll just see what happens because yeah, I don't, I don't, I just don't think there's anything out there for us. We left the stadium series game tied one one with like seven yeah, minutes is, yeah. left, right? Yeah, that ended with Tyler Toffoli having a hat trick. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I guess empty netter probably. probably. Tyler Toffoli, go get him, Blues. There you go. But thanks, LA, because that kept uh, kept Colorado at bay for there us. There you go. Yeah, we maintain number one. Yeah. Uh, future blue Tyler Toffoli, as somebody on Twitter pointed out. I just, yeah, I just... Why? See, why? I don't... I have a different philosophy than most people, and that's fine, and I may be wrong. But I would rather us not win another cup and be watchable in five years Mm -hmm. than chase another cup, maybe get one, maybe not, and be the kings in five years. I could be wrong. Maybe. Mm-hmm. If you can guarantee me another cup, fine. Well, obviously. But Chris Kreider doesn't guarantee me another cup. Chris Kreider moves our 10% chance of winning a cup into a 10.8% mm-hmm. chance of winning a cup. Does Chris Kreider make Jaden Schwartz and Braden Shen and Ryan O'Reilly up out of their coma? Just wake the fuck up. Does it make our? Does he make our save percentage not yeah. sixty? Does this make does our? Does he fix our penalty? Yeah, kill? I was like, does it keep our defense from like? Does it keep them boxing people out like they should be? Does it keep us, you know, better in the neutral mm-hmm. zone because we're shit there now too? So like, no, like well, we might score more, but I don't think our problem, honestly, despite the fact we just talked about our core not really showing up, I don't think our problem's really been scoring. It's yeah. been fucking defense. So I think you're right. If there's one place you're gonna address them, I'm gonna go, oh, hmm, interesting. We are pushing a little harder it is for that defenseman because that's the only need that's the thing we're gonna hear a lot of people on twitter talk about well we need more scoring and it's Mm -hmm. like no we don't because as i said earlier you don't have vladimir tarasenko so you already don't have your best scoring option Mm -hmm. chris Kreider still isn't going to be your best scoring option because either tarasenko will come back or he won't Mm -hmm. you know and and as that's a luxury, basically. It'd be a very nice luxury, mm-hmm. but it's a luxury. If Bo Meester can't come back, which I think it's only reasonable to assume at this point that at least he's not returning this season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to have someone who can play the left mm-hmm. fifth, at least 15 to 20 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think that's Nico Mikola and... Maybe it is. I really like his game, but that's a big role to throw him in. What's the thing? So you're not playing Mikola now. I already don't like our left side of just being done Gunnarsson Bortuzzo. One of them gets hurt. It's Mikola now. Great, but he hasn't played in the playoffs. And then you get another defensive injury, or, you know, you got to play someone else. Like last year, we'd take Edmondson out and put Bortuzzo in. You know, Mikola looks like shit for some reason. Take him out. Uh, But Bortuzzo's hurt. So it's Mm -hmm. Wallman? 
and you can be like, oh, well, yeah, he played a game and looked all right. You're not putting Jake Wallman in the fucking playoffs. Like, I mean, you might be. You I mean, you would, you would, but it's just like, yeah, he's playing like fucking 10 minutes the, a night. The other thought, the one other thing, and I want to get your thoughts on this before we wrap up, mm-hmm. and I thought about it as kind of a what? I said fuck a lot tonight, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, we have, you know what, people. Put, put double explicit I on this one. I think it's marked as explicit. Uh, Scott Perunovic mm-hmm. is a left-handed defenseman. In theory, mm-hmm. when he's done with his NCAA season, mm-hmm. we could give old Scotty a call and say, hey, would you like to sign any LC? Because we'd very much like you to play for us in the playoffs, <laughs> like the Avalanche did with Kale McCarr last year. Mm-hmm. Scott Perunovich is not Kale McCarr, but mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a pretty good NHL defenseman. Any interest in that? It yeah. would, I think it would burn a year of his ELC, yeah, which whatever. I don't love, but who cares? I'd be I'd be interested. Okay. That'd make my ears perk up. Like, oh. Yeah. It'd be fun. Yeah, that's what I mean. Fun, Maybe know? that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking Ooh. for the word fun. It's like when we uh, signed all those guys, including Reinke, and had to start Reinke that mm-hmm. one game. Like, he's already made his NHL debut, but it was three years ago. This is the one time that when Doug Armstrong makes no moves and tells me that getting Oscar Sundquist back is like making a trade, mm-hmm. that I will be like... Yes, Doug. Thank you. Thank you, indeed. Indeed, I'm okay with that this time. So, yeah, I just, it's it's going to be a confusing couple of weeks. I don't know when we're going to record that next Thursday, Friday, probably. Yeah, we play it. We play Thursday, Friday, too. I don't know so. if we'll do a pre-deadline bonus episode this year. Mm. I don't know that there's enough to talk about. Who knows? We'll figure it we'll out. We'll see. But we'll definitely do one for the deadline, mm-hmm. about the deadline. Oh, of course. It's a national holiday. But, um, yeah, it's just, I don't, if there's a, if there's a move that can be cheap, you know, if, if Martinez or, or Brendan Dillon costs you a second and Tyler Tucker, fine. Uh, if, um, you can get something on term for a more expensive price that really fits your picture long term, great. But don't go out there to get a rental just to say you got one, because that's dumb, mm-hmm. and I don't want them to do it. <laughs> so that's my take. You have anything else you'd like to say before we get out of here? That's my take too. Ooh, it's token, straight token with Liam Neeson. <laughs> uh, good. Well, then we've wrapped up this behemoth podcast. I'm sure there's topics we've missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, tweet at us angrily to tell us what we failed to cover. Uh, or about how you live in St. Charles. Yeah, to give us your strong pro St. Charles defenses that we can delete and mute <laughs> you. Uh, tweet at us about the annoying noises my computer makes while we record. We got a couple of those last week. We I tried to improve them this week. And just I'm sure they're still bad. We're, we're trying to get better. We're, we're, we, God, we're going to get better. This is only episode 113? Yeah. 14? 114? 14. Who knows? Mm. Into the stratosphere in the future. Like, like hey, like uh, American Airlines always tells me when I'm getting on their flight, good or great? No, it's great. Great is what we're going for. Hey, there oh, you God. go. And that's what oh, we're. Oh. That's where we're headed. So the Blues are just going to get a win, just any win. They won't be tomorrow, but it might be soon. <laughs> so we'll come back next week sometime to talk about that. And until then, sign Sammy. Peace.